Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's the Dublin R480. It's Forbidden Door 2023. I'm not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire Dublin R team. Up first by my side for every WWE and AEW show it is, of course, the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. How's it going, Jaxie? Hello, New Japan Forbidden Door AEW. Here we go, round two. I'm excited. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm a bit worried because you have been destroying predictions recently. Everything you see, you're like Godzilla walking through a city. The NXT smash, WWE event smash, AEW. So, like, Forbidden Door, I'm really worried because you were so far behind. And now I think you could be in the lead. <laughs> well, see that, well, that just shows you the increasing, increasing pressure that I am on to actually retain uh, the top spot currently in picking up wins. So, you know, they're, they're, you're, you might be worried, but, you know, I'm really nervous. We'll see how things go today. We shall indeed. Up next, our resident NXT expert and New Japan deity is, of course, Monty. How's it going, fella? I'm doing good. If, like you just mentioned, we, uh, this is this is my wheelhouse. This is my time of year. Very, very happy that we're doing this again. Uh, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to not only the show tonight, but also for us to, you know, tackle a lot of this New Japan content. And, you know, I, I'm I'm here. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, I'm about to say, it's crazy. Like, the Forbidden Door last year actually opened the door to us for New Japan, in all honesty, because yeah. you think about what we've done since then. Did you think it would have had the impact it has had this event last year into this one now and what we've kind of done our focus on New Japan now as well? You know, uh, I think that this was like the ideal result. You know, I, I didn't, I'm not going to lie. I say coming into it, I thought that it would end up being not only you guys becoming fans, but like us doing full New Japan updates and stuff like that throughout the entire year. So it's, just, it's been, a, it's been a huge honor that, that, that something I really, really thought think is special touched you guys in that way. And, or, and not even just you guys, like you said, the, the listeners who care and who really starting to keep up with new Japan. Now, again, since forbidden door, I think that is literally the ideal result for these joint shows. You want people from, you know, not only America, but all over the world to grasp what makes new Japan special and what makes AEW special too? So you you know you know we got Japanese fans. We got uh, broadcast all throughout the year that only air in Japan with Japanese commentary for AEW. So it's just, it's really really cool to see what Forbidden Door one kind of like what the first show did, and I think the lasting impact that it could have going forward because you know again a lot of these guys that you're seeing on your AEW television they had they had never been on American television you know, other than like replays for what was going on in Japan. So to have the, the, the card that we have and what we had last year and just to see the growth of it and to see you guys interest in it grow, it's been, you know, it's been a, an honor. You know, it's been really, really cool. Yeah, we're about shallow with that. Well, last but by no means least, you know it would be untrue. You know that I would be a liar if I would say to you, girl, we couldn't get much higher. Come on, Gina, light my fire. Come on, Gina, light my fire. Tried to set the night on fire. The time to hesitate is through. No time to wallow in the mire. Now try, we can only lose. And I love become a funeral pyre. Come on, Gina, light my fire. Come on, Gina, light my fire. Tried to set the night on fire. Now I'm not.
I sang it like William Shatner, but it doesn't matter. It is, of course, Gina. How's it going, Gina? You ready to light that fire and start the prediction overhaul? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? I'm going to light everyone's fires, or I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I know, like I said, New Japan, as we just spoke about, opened up the door last year. But, I mean, we're excited tonight. And think the position you were in last year to now especially when it comes to New Japan, it's like night and day, surely. Oh, for sure. I wouldn't call myself an an actual pro. I'm not on Monty's level at this point, but I feel so much more clued in to the New Japan side now this year than I was last year. Um, But we have to thank Monty for that because I am one of those new fans that has recently tuned in thanks to Monty's, you know, recommendations and just hearing his pods and him talking about the wrestling, you know, it was it was great to kind of get into something new and feel just as passionate. And it's been nice to kind of come on here and then share that, like Monty said, with other sides of the world. So um, I'm still I still consider myself a noob. When it comes to New Japan, but um, I'm I feel a little bit more clued in than I was last year. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And just in case you're interested, that was Light My Fire, and that song was by The Doors. Uh, and interesting enough, a producer from the Ed Sullivan Show asked the band to change the lyric. Uh, Girl, we couldn't get much higher to something else, as of course a family show. You can't hear on television. They didn't listen, and it was banned. So you could say then it was a Forbidden Doors. I'm taking that. That was a good, good thing. So- yeah. <laughs> Very elderly of you also, by the way. Very elderly reference. Okay, okay. you find, Monty, another song with fucking doors or a connection to Forbidden Doors, sir. All right? It took me like two days. I got it. I got it. Right? I got it. Okay. No, no. You, okay. You, do, you do it. You sit in your tower and you have a go at me. Why, why, don't, why don't you create something and then send it to me? God damn. Well, anyway, we've got a huge show today with New Japan Catch-Up. We've got news, AEW talk, and predictions. But first, some sad news, uh, because we did have uh, a really sad announcement over in the UK. On May 28th, Progress Wrestling took to Twitter to confirm the news that long-term British wrestling promotion, all-star wrestling promoter, had died. Brian Dixon... uh, Obviously, anybody in Britain, if you've heard the name Brian Dixon, you might not have done. If you've ever been to a Pontins or a Butlins and seen any wrestling there, any holiday camp, that was all-star wrestling. That's basically what they did. Started all the way back in 1970 during the golden era of wrestling up until very, very recently indeed. Uh, legends like William Regal, who used to work the circuit as well. It is a sad time. Uh, now, Monty, I'll ask you first, because I don't think you know, this kind of holiday camp circuit is like prevalent in America. But, you know, you kind of understand this is the guy who has been doing it for nearly 50 years. And the amount of wrestlers that kind of walked through had such a lasting impact on British wrestling itself. Yeah, I think I, I had to kind of take like not only what Regal said, but what others have said in the British scene about just like, like you said, how what he did for so many careers and people who ended up being influences for a lot of the people that we uh, enjoy that, that are British wrestlers now, you know? Uh, so I kind of had to take it from that point of view. He wasn't really a name that I had heard before, but if, uh, if you're, you know, like you said, with the Regals and with some of the other, like, the, you know, the Taylors and all the other p- references that you may know, 
uh, from British wrestling. He was one of those names, those important figures. And like you said, you just kind of, you know, it, it's always sad when we lose someone who left such an impact. You know what I mean? And I think either, even if I didn't know who he was, even from America, sitting from my seat over there, you can see the impact just by the way the industry kind of reacted to the news. So, you know, I kind of had to lean on that. But, yeah, man, it was still incredibly uh, sad. But, you know, he he left an impact, like, like you mentioned. He's a, impacted so many great British wrestling careers. And, uh, you know, that's something that at the end of the day, you know, even though he's no longer with us, you know, that'll live on forever, the, the, what he did for others. Without a shadow of doubt, he will be missed. Now, we've got a loads of New Japan news and, of course, all the events to catch up on. But one of the emails I seem to get mostly recently is asking about the Bullet Club. There seems to be a lot of confusion between Bullet Club Gold, as we know it in AEW, compared <laughs> to the original Bullet Club. David Finley has set the record mm-hmm. straight and said there is nothing about Bullet Club Gold that is with this Bullet Club like we're seeing in New Japan now. <laughs> now, I know we're all fans of Bullet Club, but, I mean, even Jaxie, I mean, I'll ask you, because I know, you know, we're big fans of Bullet Club and Jay White, but should they have come up with something different from them? Because it's just going to lead to confusion. It just feels like a watered-down version of the actual Bullet Club. Yeah, I mean... But can you really call it a watered-down version of the Bullet Club when Jay White really is Bullet Club? You know, that is the first sort of person that you instantly think of when it comes to Jay White. So I feel like they're in a, in sort of um, a conundrum of sorts, you know, because, you know, they, they did this whole thing with David Finley in New Japan, you know, kind of taking over or taking the mantle from uh, Jay White as Bullet Club uh, leader or, or potential leader. Um so, yeah, of course, from their point of view, that that is still Bullet Club, you know. But for, for a lot of veterans, a lot of fans of Jay White, you see him coming to sort of more, uh, you know, uh, Western um, uh, promos. And you, you want to kind of bring that Bullet Club history with you, you know. Um, he does still kind of represent that slightly. So I can see why they uh, went with, oh, yeah, Bullet Club Gold. Gold. It'll be sort of like you know, you know, you know the difference between Marlboro and Marlboro Lights, kind of like that sort of thing. <laughs> Without it, just uh, um, I'm not comparing them to cigarettes. I'm just no. talking about the branding. Um, but yeah, I, it's it can still be confusing because you're kind of like, okay, so are they representing Bullet Club in sort of the Western side of things? Um, but no, in fact, really not because Jay White was kind of kicked from the Bullet Club, so it would have made more sense for him to leave the Bullet Club name behind. So it's a catch-22, really. Um, some people are either going to like it or they're going to uh, not like it and want him to branch out and maybe create a new brand of his own, you know? Yeah. Well, we're going to have a lot of answers when it comes to Bullet Club <laughs> and Bullet Club Gold on this show. Yeah. start with the New Japan catch-up, April 15th, Capital Collision. Now, the New Japan uh, shows that are in America, I've not been watching my plan is is to put them all uh, have a catch up and put it as like a review at the end of the year. But if there's anything like impact, come on, you know what's going to happen. But still, anyway, on the show itself, that same <laughs> junior beat Tom Lawyer to retain the TV title in the main event of the Open One. More tag goal beating Dream Team Okada and Tanahashi and strong openweight tag team uh, tag team champions, the Motor City Machine Guns. They then had a second night. Of course, one night is not enough. Uh, where Lance Archer did uh, go through the 
for the IWGP United States title. Uh, he beat Fred Rosser. Original opponent was meant to be Juice, and Juice got involved, so Lance Archer is through. Then on to Stardom, All-Star Grand Queendom, April 23rd, 2023. In the co-main event, uh, which was a little bit surprised, Mercedes Monet put her title on the line uh, against uh, Mayu, looking to bully her from the opening bell. And, of course, we had a lot of build-up with Mayu getting beaten up in conferences leading to this matchup. But she did survive a money-maker variation by getting her foot on the ropes. Uh, Mercedes, of course, talks some trash, hit a backstabber, opened the door for Mayu to pop up with Dragon Suplex. That trade tied. There were tremendous moments of desperation from each in this matchup. With Mercedes trying several pins in a row or grabbing Mayu's ankle, which tried to go up top. Uh, but uh, it added a lot to this match. Mayu won the title with a great-looking Dragon Suplex after 13 minutes. Uh, then she gave... Uh, post-show, uh, Mercedes Monet did very, very emotional. Monet looking like a star here. Um, I mean, Gina, for you, I mean, we talked about Sasha Banks, but surely her legacy now is cemented with Monet going to Japan and having bangers like this, even though she lost. Because for me, it's great to watch a stardom event. Oh, for sure. She's definitely cemented herself already. And she even talked about this being a dream to be in New New Japan for herself. So you know that she was just going to give it her all straight from, from the beginning. And yeah, she may have lost here, but it didn't damage her whatsoever. If anything, it just helped, you know, boost her herself in, in that division and all over because she's just... She's brought more fans over to, to the New Japan scene for starters. And they're not going to forget about her now that she's off on a, on an injury. She's cemented herself so big already that they're not going to forget about her. Yeah, I think without a shadow of doubt, and like we said, we're going to talk about that injury in a little bit. We've got Road to Dontaku, which was April 27th. Kishida and Knight versus Catch 2-2 for the junior tag titles. And surprisingly, Kishida and Knight getting the win in a fun match. Kevin Knight, first man from LA Dojo to win the gold. Uh, Kira and TJB have been the tag team champs for 311 days uh, and they've successfully defended the belt on four occasions. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight title was also on the line at the Road to Wrestling Dontaku event with Hiromu Takahashi defeating Yoshinobu Kanemura to retain the title. The time bomb will now advance to Wrestling Dontaku and challenge Sonada for the World Heavyweight title. Um, this was a good match. The champ selling is on point. But, Monty, I slated Knight and Kushida, and they end up winning the gold. What am I like, hey? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't feel bad. Like you mentioned, 311 days. TJP and Akira were literally, if not the greatest junior tag team champions of all time. They were definitely on one of the greatest runs. So, uh, it shocked a lot of people. It was an awesome moment, though, for Kevin Knight and Kushida in a really, really good match that I that I genuinely enjoyed. I was shocked, too, by the finish. But, again, like you said, Kevin Knight, first one out of the L.A. Dojo to win a championship. You can see the flag. Like, every, you don't have to watch Kevin Knight long to understand why he has graduated from the dojo and has, you know, kind of just been adopted by Kushida uh, into Han Tai as a baby face and just, like, the talent that he has brought. So to be able to do that and to have that type of performance and to dethrone a dominant tag champions, it was an awesome moment. And then Yoshinamu Kanemaru, 
Again, he was going for something that has rarely been done. He's going to be a junior heavyweight champion in every promotion across Japan. He's already done it all Japan. He did it three times in Noah. So to be able to do that and almost take out Hiromu in a really, really competitive contest, Uncle Nobu really put on a really good performance. And, and you know, again, Hiromu's just – you can't beat him. He's just un- unbelievably tough. And that's what he really showed in that match against Nobu as Nobu really tried to take his leg away. But there's nothing you can do uh, when it comes to Hiromu because he's just literally the toughest guy – really that you can think of and he's going to show it also in his next title match yeah without a shadow of a doubt 29th titles on the line at New Japan Pro Wrestling Satsuma Nong I do apologise about my pronunciation in the semi-main event Aussie Open made their first defence of the IWGP titles against Mike and Shane Hayes of TMDK it was great to see two Aussie teams going at it brilliant tag match with the champs for taking Fisherman and the House of Torture was the open. And in the main event, Shingo Taki put the provisional KOPW 2023 title on the line against Aichi in a <laughs> Tagaki-style triad match. The winner would be the first to win three falls, either by pinfall, submission, stoppage, knockout, or countout. Shingo scored the first fall of the match. Aichi scored one with a quick backslide after beating the count, tying the score. He connected with a high kick and a power bomb and Black Mephisto. Shingo failed to get to his feet, leaving Taichi with his second point and the lead. Shingo hit a pumping bonner and allowed him to score his KO point. Uh, and then lots of stuff happened as Shingo began to fade. He removed climb to the apron with a towel, but chose not to use it. Instead, choosing to cheer Shingo on, he removed support, couldn't stop the inevitable as after the stretch plum, Shingo was out. Even without the concession, the referee stepped in. Taichi, who is your new king of pro wrestling. Um, Monty, what the fuck was this I was watching? <laughs> A 50-minute war, and I'm legit 50 minutes. Like They absolutely beat the hell out of each other for 50 minutes. Very similar to what uh, he did with uh, Hanare not too long when uh, Shingo defended that belt in that type of triad match. But this one was way longer, way more dramatic. And honestly, Taichi just proved his toughness being able to survive that long with someone like Shingo. And like you said, he he put that put that plum in. And honestly, he sat in that plum for about the last ten minutes. <laughs> really, like they like he 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 worked that submission to death. So you like you just wait. All right, Red Shoes, when are you gonna call it? Come on, Red Shoes. What the Shingo is literally dead. He looks dead almost. Please call the match. Red Shoes finally did it, but. Yeah, man, it was uh, very, very dramatic. And that's what this KOPW is all about. The stipulations always change. The fans vote on them. It can, sometimes it can be five-minute, crazy, insane, fast matches, or it can be an hour of just two guys beating the hell out of each other. And Tachi and Shingo have been warring over this belt for a while. So it was a really, really good, cool moment for Tachi to, to finally be able to get the belt that he's been fighting for for a while. And it's also another big time moment for just five guys, man. They're, they're, they're the two leaders of that group, Tachi and Sonata, are now champions, and I think that's a really good look for the newly uh, fat, uh, faction, the new faction. Yeah, I think without shadow, that looks a really, really strong start. Just five guys. And speaking of just five guys, April thirtieth, uh, Sonata, Taichi, Duki, uh, Kanemura versus uh, Naito, Shingo, Bushi, and Takahashi in the elimination match. Came down to Takashi and Sonada. 
So on the climb to top rope set up for a moonsault. However, Humu hopped to his feet, pushed on his butt, sent flying to the floor to be the sole survivor for his team. So the good style elimination match. Humu got the mic and taught Sonada. And I do like this with New Japan. You know, even it's now gained momentum. He's eliminated the champion in this matchup. And now you're not sure he's will lead towards uh, Dontaku as it was. And we get to Dontaku May 3rd. We started off with Hikaleu defeating Kenta for the Strong Openweight champion, uh, Championship. Ten years ago, on the exact date, May 3rd, in the exact place, Bullet Club was formed. Hikaleu's task was to take the last bit of gold Bullet Club had. He'd already banished the former leader with Jay White. But when you cut the head of the snake, two grow back in its place. Hikaleu caught Kenta with a power slam and a choke slam and win the strong belt, calls Hikaleu's first taste of gold. But it's not the title Fred Rosser had. This is just another belt now. You know, I mean, this is the, I mean, Jaxie, for you, when we talk <laughs> about championships in New Japan, there's just too many. Come on, you got to agree with that. I mean, you know, whenever I watch it, I feel like there's a new championship that's actually been brought out, but it turns out that that championship's been there for a while. So I must admit, I definitely still find I get lost. Um, however, we have a good sensei. So with all of our questions, he answers straight away. So I'm glad that we can go running to Monte whenever um, whenever the moment arises of being like, explain. <laughs> yeah, true that. We yeah, and plus, Jay, you're asking an AEW fan about two million belts. <laughs> like, like, I mean, come on, man. There's belts everywhere at this point. Uh, well, we get the New <laughs> Japan World Television Championship, Zack Sabre Jr., Jeff Cobb. Uh, which ended in a time limit draw. Both men seem busy, frustrated with being able to close, and I guess a rematch wouldn't be unsurprising. And I'll tell you something, Monty, Shane Hayes' Zack Sabre Jr. impression was spot on. I would spot ask on. you to do an impression yeah. of me, but I'd be worried about what you would <laughs> no. do. No? no it's... Yeah, no, 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 you don't want that. You don't want that one. Uh, no, I got to work on it. It's not, 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 it's not up to performative status quite yet but give me some time i got you you see i was inside the other <laughs> round because the podcast would then be shut you see that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. don't don't try it no. so save yourself <laughs> well zach's been great already we then have never open weight six-man tag team championship kazuchika Okada, tomohiro ishii and hiroshi tanahashi defeating strong style el desperado Minoru suzuki and ren narita uh this was really really good pinning Narita to win the match and a never six-man belt for the Dream Team. Okada was such a dick to Ren. Uh, Ishii showed that he was a team player at the end and Okada winning gold. After the match, Shooter Umino walked to the ring. He queued up an announcement for John Moxley's return at Dominion for a six-man tag match. We don't know who the third man is. Great, great stuff. I mean, Gina, what are your thoughts on Okada being a dick? Because at this moment, he's just like treating these young guys like they don't even belong. Um, I mean, I'm not mad at it, but I think that's because I'm a bitch, and I definitely, <laughs> I definitely think it makes Okada's character like more more intriguing. It makes you him more mysterious. Like you expect him to be this, you know, amazing, you know, put over wrestler that everyone just speaks so highly of. You expect him to kind of be this really nice guy as well. So to see this asshole side of him, it, it makes him a bit of an enigma and you just want to watch more and see what his next move is going to be. Are you going to be nice next time? Are you going to be 
a cunt this time? Like, how are you going to be? <laughs> so, I love that you changed yeah, you to O'Cunter. Just, just, <laughs> just saying, the asshole mode is working for him in my eyes. So I, I definitely think it will help elevate him. And probably the people that he's, you know, in feuds with, like being an asshole will just kind of make people talk about those scenarios more. If you're in a in a uh, match with him and he's been like that to you, people are going to be talking about you. So I think it just helps in both ways. Yeah, I think without a shadow of a doubt. Speaking of people that are arseholes, but still got his kind of Zoolander model look, is David Finlay. He defeated Tamatonga for the Never Open Weight Championship. Uh, Finlay smashed him in this matchup. There's no other way to say this. After the match, a masked man walked to the ring, back Finlay, revealing himself to be El Fantasmo, who unloaded them for the inside of the ring and out. Uh, Monty, I was surprised because Tama, as you know, quite strong pedigree, and Finley did run through him quite easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, uh, it, was, it was shocking, very, very shocking, especially the way it went, you know, the multiple power bombs to the point where you hit Oblivion or, you know, you hit his finish three or four times and basically let Tama up and just was like really, really disrespectful. But he promised Tama that Tama was not going to be able to walk out of there on his own two feet, and they did, and he didn't. He got carried out on the stretcher. So, yeah, uh, David Finley looks very, very badass. And I think you got to understand, when David Finley saw, you know, he speaks English, guys, so everyone who called him off-brand Jay White, like, he see, he saw all of it. And he's trying to tell you, this Bullet Club is for savages. They're for killers. None of that, none of that, what, you know, you know, whatever Jay White had going on, all the branding, the worldwide stuff that Jay White had going on for the Bullet Club, expanding them, David Finley cares nothing about that. He's all about winning, and he's all about hurting people, and I, he's really tapped in. If you know anything about Fit Finley, he's really tapped into what his daddy was all about. Tough, intimidating, and beating the hell out of people, and I, I love this new side of David, and him doing this to someone, like you said, like Tama, with a pedigree, someone who's been in New Japan for a very long time, and someone who seemed like they've really started to hit their stride as a champion, for him to just dominantly take him out. You know, I, I really, and even though I was really happy to see LP, I was like, I don't know who I want to come back and get revenge on him more. ELP on Tama, because again, he literally has been a bastard about it and he's done it. Everything that he said he was going to do, except, you know, maybe win the cup. He didn't win the New Japan Cup. But other than that, he pretty much has been, <laughs> he's been very consistent. He's rebuilding the club and his image. We'll talk, we'll talk about that more later. And, you know, I think he, he's really, really doing, he's really doing a really good job of, of, of throwing a fresh coat of paint on the Bullet Club. Because like you guys mentioned earlier, with Jay White being gone, it really needed it. And some people were tired of Jay White's run. Some people were saying it was getting stale towards the end of Jay White. So here we go. Fresh coat of paint on the Bullet Club, new leader, and they're establishing him strong with a dominant victory. Well, as I say, the fresh coat of paint isn't a bad idea. We've seen it with the Bullet Club, and we've seen it with Sonada as well. And of course, he was in the right. main event, defeating Hiromu Takahashi, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Again, another finish with Sonada. He changed his look, and then the the DDT finisher that he's using now is no one's been kicking out of that. So he know in a match when he right. hits it, it is job done. After the match, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Sonada's closing promo. The video package with dinosaurs, falling buildings, and exploding planets played again. A monstrous <laughs> Yota. How do you pronounce his surname? Because I want to get it right. Suji. Suji. Yota Suji. T is There you go. Suji. Uh, and attacked all of J5G, leaving him lying. He speared Sonada on the floor, tortured him, 
Uh, we uh, and again, everybody <laughs> was shocked by this. Um, he Monty, I mean, can you tell me a little bit more about him because he went on the scursion, if I do believe. Or yes. Not. So yeah, he's been on the scursion pretty much the entire time. You guys, uh, especially the newer people who've come in the last year, you probably didn't even get the chance to see him as a young lion. But Yoda Suji is one of those guys especially during the pandemic, like towards the beginning of 2019, he wasn't necessarily like uh, a young lion that, that was in that shoulder Umano uh, class of people that they just knew that they were, they were probably going to be a star. Even Ren the Reader was probably a guy who was past him when he was a young lion, but he just went on excursion, went to Mexico, went to the UK, and just added all types of tools to his, to his toolbox. And he was yet. He, this was a fresh. This was his fresh chance. This is his chance, fresh off excursion, to show everyone what this new version of Yoda Suji was all about. And you know, he's someone. He's a guy who back in the day had a problem with the L.A. Dojo guy. And then I think, I think you know, just because they were L.A. Dojo and he wanted to represent the Japan Dojo. And ever since then, you know, once he left, he and he got a chance to see what it was like to be an outsider. It just opened up a world. You really get a chance to see the benefit of New Japan. Uh, you know, development system and how they bring up guys when you see what happened to Suja because he had a different physique before he left. You know, now he's way, you know, way, uh, you know, way bulkier, you know, but but at the same time, lean, not not chubby as he used to be. So again, you know, just to see that, it's kind of like, like in a similar vein to what happened to Shota Umino or what happened to Ren Narita when they left and went on excursion and they come back to Japan with this fresh, fresh gimmick, fresh everything, and he comes out, and again, by the way, it's only one other guy who really got an intro like this, and that's Okada. Okada's one of the only other people who came in and immediately challenged the world champion and got, you know, got that position, so that just shows you what New Japan thinks of what his skill set already, because his debut is not coming in and just, you know, attacking someone in the early uh, event of the show or something like that. He was after the main event, after that great uh, Hiromu defense, he came in and took out uh, uh, just five guys easily. And, you know, again, he also did something that teased the future, uh, LIJ salute that a lot of us fans knew exactly what that meant. And, you know, we, we found out later what that truly meant. But, yes, Yota Suji is, you know, he's here. And, uh, again, I think you, when you asked me this question about these vignettes, you're like, who is this guy? You didn't know who I was talking about, but I said – Yo, maybe Yoda Suji, and that's what I meant. It's not that I had, I knew that he was coming. It's just I knew that he was. He spent time in Mexico. Usually, that's what happens. You go to the UK or you go to Mexico. Sometimes you can do both, like he did. And I was like, you know what? I heard, you know, he's fighting for the title down there. He might be on his way back sooner than later, and here he is. So uh, I'm really, really looking forward to see his development because he's a guy. He's another one of those young lines I got a chance to see from the very beginning, like literally when he was losing matches in three minutes to now what he is. So it's really, really cool to see what Yota Suji has become. <laughs> That's better than Google, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, an answer that was. But incredibly, this is what the incredible thing is, and Jaxie Jean, I know your ears going to prick up. We, three of us, actually seen him wrestle, right? And it's incredible. And Gina, it was the guy that you said had nice hair. He was at Royal Quest losing to Ishii. So we actually have seen him. Yeah. How great is that? Awesome. Wow, that's super cool. I didn't even realize that. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I don't even remember that guy. <laughs> yeah, see, there we go. We have seen him, and he's going to be challenging for the title soon. May 21st, New Japan Resurgence. 
We had Kenta defeating Hikaleu by count out and winning back the strong open weight title. <laughs> Sorry, Hikaleu. I guess it didn't <laughs> didn't mean a lot. Uh, Blackball Combat Club, Moxley with Yuta in Shooter, beating Akada, Rocker Romero, and Ishii. Hiroshi Tanahashi lost to Will Ospreay in t- uh, to determine the number contendership for the United States Heavyweight Championship. So it'll be Osprey versus Lance Archer now. Mercedes Monet was upset by Gale for the inaugural New Japan's Women's Championship. And as you said earlier, Gina, Monet did suffer an injury. And apparently the rumours are she has signed a contract extension. So when she is fully fit, she will be back in New Japan, which can only be a good thing. I mean, like I said, we mentioned it earlier. A uh, bit of bad news, though. After AEW have announced they've signed... It's like... AEW have the kind of opposite of the Midas touch. It's just they, they curse them. <laughs> they saw the open, Carl Fletcher, uh, and <laughs> of course Mark Davis. Uh, but unfortunately, Mark Davis has suffered a serious injury. Uh, we're not sure when he's yeah, going to be back. Man. Maybe a couple of months. Uh, <sighs> so Aussie Open on there. So they had to relinquish not only their strong tag team titles, but the IWGP tag team titles as well. I mean, Jackson, that's a kick in the teeth because Aussie Open have been one of the best tag teams, if not the best tag team on the planet for this past year. Yeah. Raw Quest versus FTR. I must admit, when they when they did, when I did read about uh, his injury, I, what, I did felt quite gutted for him because, um, you know, sort of out, even out of... Uh, just seeing them uh, not just in New Japan, but just seeing some of the crossover events that they've done w- with AEW so far. Um, they're quite a, an exciting team to watch. So I hope that he's not off for long and recovers quickly because um, I think Aussie Open are um, a formidable team that should be considered to be uh, you know, like strong contenders if they're ever uh, challenging in AEW. So it's a shame to not see him sort of being able to be alongside his, his other partners in Forbidden Door this year. And also another confusing thing, because we talked about Bullet Club, but Aussie Open will still remain in New Japan. I assume they'll still be allowed to wrestle. So I don't think Aussie yes. Open are leaving the like United Empire. The United Empire still yeah, no. staying as is. Right, mm-hmm. so we're going to move on. May 12th to May 20th, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling held the 30th edition of the Best of Super Junior Tournament. Uh, the lineup was review, uh, revealed that 20 wrestlers will participate in the tournament with two 10 man blocks. 2023 will also see the debuts of my boy Speedball Mike Bailey, Leo Rush, Dan Maloney, and Kevin Knight. So, A block was Hiromu Takahashi, TJP Kushida, Taguchi, Ishimori Show, Duki Titan, Leo Rush, and Speedball Mike Bailey. B block was uh, Francisco Akira, El Desperado, Bushi, Kanemura, Yo, Eagles, Watto, Connors, Knight, and Maloney. I only watched Bailey's matches, so hopefully, Monty, you've watched a bit of the B block. Uh, so I watched everything. <laughs> you watched everything. I watched everything. You crazy bastard! How did you? Do it? I love Super Juniors, bro. This is this is just the junior version of the G1, man. This is all for me, and it was even better this year. It was no warm up tag. 10 straight just junior one-on-one matches. So, yeah, it was insane. But I, I enjoyed every freaking second of it. So, yeah, I got you, man. All right, cool. So, I'm going to run through the Bailey matches. So, deep breath for me. So, Mike Bailey's matches, I'm doing it because, obviously, he's part of Impact. His first match was against Hiromu Takahashi, 12th of May. This was great. They fought around the arena. Ultimate Weapon and Bailey pinned him clean. Yes, that's right, clean. Second match versus Show, May 13th. Show attacked with a chair early and 
Even with evil interfering and low speedball, hit ultimate weapon and won. Third match versus TJP May 14th. This is what the best of Super Juniors is all about. The Flamengo driver made Mike free for free. It can't last, guys. Come on. We know this. Match four versus Kushida, May 16th. What was I saying? It was a pleasure to watch, but Kushida got the hill hook and Bailey got his first loss. Match five versus Titan, May 17th, or Titan, as he's known. Um, Bailey's chops were opening up Titan. For me, it was the best match so far. And the Flamengo got the win for my boy Mike. Match six versus Doki, May 18th. A cool best of Super Junior video for the match, I should say. Like, once, one, two, three, shake the soul. Like, you don't get that. Yeah. You know, like that kind of catchy stuff. Uh, it was definitely an anime opening. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. Great stuff. <laughs> Doki upset Leo Rush this night. So that could help our boy Mike. Uh, Bailey Smile reminds me of a tax driver in Total Recall. Oh, but Weapon and Bailey went five and one. Come on, let's go impact. Match 7 versus Taji Ishimori, May 19th. Bailey did a Terry Funk and got sent into the seats, but he tapped out to the bone lock. Let's hope the injury doesn't affect him. Sunny Speedball's second loss. Ishimori goes level on points with him. Match 8 versus Block A's whooping boy, uh, Taguchi, 21st of May, the penultimate match. Taguchi had lost every match up to this point. Did well work at the ankles, reversal of pin. They got Bailey the win. And Taguchi would beat Kishida in this last match to get his first points. Then match nine versus Leo Rush, May 23rd. The winner list definitely going to the final, uh, semi-final. Great matchup. Both kept a great pace and, and uh, absolutely loved this. The Flamingo driver got the win for Speedball. What an excellent showing for him overall. So the final scores for the A block, Speedball might be 7-2 on 14 points. And Titan uh, finished in second as well. Uh, Monty, what was the B block like? Because <laughs> the A block was great. Did that manage to keep a pace up with it? Oh, definitely. I think it blended in really, really well. You had very, very strong performances by El Dos Desperado, as always. He was a, a, a knee bandit trying to hit numero dos, which is really just a stretch muffler. He made a lot of people tap. Him and Conor, former partners, had an absolutely banger of a match against each other. Bushi did not represent LIJ really well. I'm so happy T-Time was here. Bushi got <laughs> beat pretty much most of the tournament. But, you know, he, he did show up towards the end and get some wins. Kevin Knight looked strong, but could not, you know, overcome Clark Connors at the very beginning. Clark Connors also beat him down with a chair after that match. So Kevin Knight kind of just was living his way through a lot of these matches. But he he gave great efforts, but could not beat uh, Yo. Couldn't, you know, he, uh, later on in the tournament, Yo, who also had a strong tournament, but lost at the very end. Uh, he took a, a very, very important loss there that costed him, uh, you know, a chance at the final. You know, uh, and then, you know, Master Watto, very, very strong performance, the strongest performance of his career. He's a guy who, who when he debuted, was definitely did not debut with the uh, with the best momentum. Like, like he literally botched one of his first spots. And, you know, and like it just didn't set the greatest tone for who he was, especially with the uh, a lot of the vignettes saying he was the way to the grandmaster and how he was he was literally going to become grandmaster. And he had a lot of hype but didn't really live up to it. But this year he finally figured it out and he's just put on some of the best performances of his career. Like I really, really loved, uh, you know, his, his match with Desperado that he had much later on. Cause again, like I said, Desperado was coming for people 
Ledge, Clark Connors and Dan Maloney late in the tournament, which is very, very ironic based on what they're going to do later in this uh, in this show. But Clark Connors and Dan Maloney tried to kill each other and people in the crowd. They literally did not care. They were fighting everywhere. They threw stuff at each other. It was the best count-out match, one of the best count-out matches I've ever seen because they just tried to kill. It just felt like a fight. It didn't even – it wasn't a match at all. It literally just felt like two guys – fighting each other. Uh, but, uh, you know, Robbie Eagles was as solid as ever. He's literally, you know, he literally is the reason. Uh, 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 he's literally one of the reasons for Super Junior being what it is. If you just think about his style, he's the definition of what, uh, you know, they do. As a matter of fact, he's also the reason for Francesco Akira. I, I think I think he, he helped train Francesco, uh, you know, uh, and a couple other guys. So, again, uh, you know, Robbie Eagles, solid as ever. Really, really strong block. Was it as entertaining as the A block? I mean, I guess, you know, it's kind of tough to say, but they really had uh, a lot of strong performance. Yeah, first, let's go Akira establishing himself as a junior heavyweight. Clark Connors also, you know, as now a bully club, very, very angry uh, young guy. I mean, it's kind of crazy when you think about him being the goofy cowboy he used to be or whatever. Yeah. It's insane how angry that's, he got. That's so, I know him. I, I don't know what that. the. Yeah, you know him as a goofy cowboy. He's not that guy anymore. Gato has pissed that man off. I don't know what the hell happened, but he's very, very angry now. But it was fun to watch him throughout the tournament also. But, uh, yeah, like I said, the the, the main people towards the end there was El Desperado and, uh, like I mentioned, Master Watto after, you know, he overcame Robbie Eagles, a guy who absolutely hates Master Watto. But, you know, it didn't matter. uh, Watto overcame him. Like I said, the B block, El Desperado with 7-2, and, and Masawato second on 14 points as well. Uh, so on May 26th, the semifinals took place. Speedball Mike Bailey versus Masawato. Both only lost respective blocks. First time they've been semis since 2014. Just had to be, didn't they, to fuck over Bailey. Yep. Uh, Mike left footprints on Watto. <laughs> I don't think I've seen a trade of kicks on the apron like this. Ultimate Weapon... Couldn't keep him down, though, and it wasn't looking that good. We got the Flamingo driver, but what had it covered and hit an incredible German suplex to win. But again, we talk about how much wrestling. Mike Bailey, how good was he? And I've been watching him now for a couple of years on Impact. You know, it's just too too good. Just too good. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is, is like how perfect he is for Japan. Like, he, I know he wrestled in Japan, I think, Dragon Gate, or I know he wrestled in Japan. I don't know if it was Dragon Gate. Or Noah, but I believe it was Dragon Gate. But either way it goes, his style, that you know, the Taekwondo. I took Taekwondo. He was a black belt, never gonna act like I was any good, <laughs> any as good as him. I did, you know, get some belts, but nowhere near black belt. Well, I think I was close, but I'm not whatever, not bragging. The point is, he is yeah. awesome. He he incorporates that into professional wrestling in the best way I've ever seen. So something someone to, to just to watch him was just uh, it was such a treat. And you can tell the people in Japan, like you mentioned. Even though they loved Watto and they wanted Watto to win, it was plenty of Bailey chance throughout this tournament because the, of the impression that he left. So, man, please, uh, I don't know if he's gonna, if he's ever. I know he's gonna, he's exclusive or he, I know he's under impact. But whenever he wants to come back, the people of Japan will definitely welcome him back easily. He he just fits New Japan to AT. You're right. Uh, then we had El Desperado versus Titan. Uh... Titan becoming the second second place guy to make it to the final. Uh, they both went chair, <laughs> chair surfing. Titan went balcony diving. Uh, Despi had to tap in the end. And then May 28th, strong style 
which was El Desperado, Renderita, Mike Bailey, and Shooter Umino defeated Chaos, Akada, Ishii, Tanahashi, and Taguchi. Uh, you ever get the, Jackson, have you ever been in a situation where you just don't know what you've got yourself involved in? Mike Bailey did not realise the heat that <laughs> Shooter and Renderita had with Akada because Bailey was just like, yeah, this is going to be a fun match. And Akada's like, no, shit's getting real. <laughs> I mean, do you know what? That's the story of my life. You know, I open my mouth <laughs> way too much, think I can handle it, and then I actually realize I've made a mistake. <laughs> so I can understand that all too well from baby. R.I.P. <laughs> well, without a doubt. I mean, Umino threw a table at a card, leaving Narita alone in the ring with Taguchi. They did get the win uh, for his team. But, I mean, Akada is such a prick. Shooter ignoring Taguchi and wanting Akada, with Narita wanting him as well. Uh, and Bailey just going, what's going on, guys? But the best <laughs> of the Super Junior final was then the same day. Master Watto defeating Titan after hanging on with a hit of a suplex uh, and pinned Titan to win the best Super Junior tournament. A great way to end things. I mean, Titan had won many a match um, with his submission move like we saw and mm-hmm. showed the scars of the hardcore wars. But the 30th, 20, to- 30th tournament, 20 different names. Congratulations, Master Watto. Monty, where does this stack up with previous Best of Super Juniors? Definitely one of the strongest uh, Best of Super Juniors tournaments ever. Like you mentioned, uh, when you talked about Mike Bailey and uh, how you know, how well he did, you know, again, him and Hiromu, Leo versus Show, TJP versus Teton, Despi and Kanemaru, Kushida and Doki, Hiromu and Doki. Like, you know, everyone really just started to increase their status and just, like, who they are. And, again, a lot of these guys you only get a chance to see. Like, Teton, for example, this is pretty much a lot, a lot of times going to be his main showcase because as a junior heavyweight, most of the year on these bigger cards, you're kind of in. If you're not fighting for the the junior tag team or the junior heavyweight title, you're probably just in a tag team match, and you're probably only getting flashes of showing what you can do against heavyweights and other people. But best of the super juniors is all about giving super juniors the focus, giving them the entire card to do what they do best. You know, Haroma has been talking for years about how he believes super junior wrestling can be literally right next to the main event, if not in the main event, over some heavyweight matches and I think this tournament was a great example of why Hiromu feels that way and why he uh you know and why and then again as far as for Wato for someone who just again he did not get the greatest start to his career even in Japan and to see to hear all the Wato chants to hear to see just how far he has come not only in the ring but just as a talent it's just it was just really really a special moment the fact that Wato was able to win and like I said Teton represented really really well only the third uh, Mexican or of Latin descent person to ever make it to best of Super Junior Fighter. The first one to do it since Black Tiger Junior, aka Eddie Guerrero. So there you go. Uh, nice, nice little reference there. But Teton represented his country and represented himself really, really well. And they gave us a final that this tournament deserved. Absolute classic. I know you mentioned a match earlier. Teton and Mike Bailey was the match of the tournament. Uh, you know, up to that point to you. But that final, honestly, was probably a, a perfect Super Junior match. It really, really was beautiful. The crowd was really into it. And by the way, they had crowd noise for the first time since 2019 in the best Super Junior. And you could tell the people were absolutely losing their shit every night for the most part. So it was a really, really great installment. And again, a very fitting for the 30th best of the Super Junior. Because this tournament has a really long, strong history. 
So I really, I really love this tournament, man. It was really, really good. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Right, one last New Japan show then, June 4th, Dominion. And we started off with the United States heavyweight title, number contendership match. Will Ospreay defeating Archer. The match was built around Osprey surviving Archer's physical advantage, and it worked really well and made for a great opener. We see Osprey hitting a series of hidden blades to get the win, and after the match, Osprey called out Kenny Omega in Canada. I don't know how many times we have to say this, Gina, but Lance Archer in Japan is a different monster than he is in AEW. And not only that, but it's great to see Will Ospreay back, and it's great that we're going to get Will versus Kenny. Oh, yeah, definitely. Everyone's been wanting Will and Kenny since their last bout together, you know. It feels like it's um, is never-ending, and the, the feud between them feels like it's only just growing. So everyone's definitely excited for that. And I de- and like you said, I think Will has definitely grown his own sort of, you know, um, following, not just based on his, his standing with the United Empire group, but just on his own. He's got such a backing now that it's, it's starting to get hard for the Kenny and Will fans. Because even though we want this match so badly, it's also hard to be like, who do we want to win? Because <laughs> we kind of want both. I think that's what I say. That's when it's a dream match, but you're not sure, you know, is that exactly, exactly which way it's going to go. Um, exactly. This is where I'll happily accept some tomfoolery and they just call it, you know, a disqualification because someone gets involved. That That's when I'll accept it because <laughs> I don't know who else to choose here. So <laughs> It's going to be tough. Uh, we then had Bushi, Shingo, Naito and Titan defeating just five guys, well, just four guys as it was. Uh, with Titan submitting Taka to win. Naito's theme is such a banger. And Kevin was for, uh, forced Chris to sing the uh, Just Five Guys theme, which, again, is good. It's not just me that's singing badly on wrestling shows. Uh, we then had the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship catch 2-2, beating the intergalactic jet setters, Kevin Knight and Kushida. Like I said, the total reign did not last long. Dan Maloney came out with catch 2-2, two, two, uh, and we see uh, Akira getting the win on night and securing uh, a tag title reign. But that wasn't the main story, because after the match, Clark Connors of Bullet Club came out and told the new champs it would be him and his new partner, Dan Maloney, standing behind catch 2-2, two, two, attacked them, and almost definitely setting up a future title challenge. Um, for me, this was a strange choice for Bullet Club, but I see what you're saying with Clark because he went on a fuck rant. I don't think I've heard a wrestler go on a fuck rant since maybe Scott Steiner back in 03. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. He's angry. And again, and if you, again, you didn't get a chance to watch that block as much, but if you watch that block, damn alone, it fits right in. <laughs> he actually fits right in because TJP and Akira was trying to calm him down pretty much the entire tournament. He was the higher, he was like a higher gun. But like I said, after their brawl, you know, they made a lot of references to this on commentary. Kevin Kelly said it. Uh, it seemed like these two guys wouldn't be friends, but they said after that type of fight that they had, Gato took notice and he was like, no, this is the perfect crew. Also, I think the real reason maybe why it may have come out of nowhere. I think the uh, real thing is Taji Ishimori, unfortunately, got us there, you know, did not get a chance to even finish the tournament. Who knows? He could have played a factor in the actual final because we know Ishimori is actually a big time, a big deal in the junior heavyweight division. 
He's one of those guys right next to Hiromu, and he got hurt in his match with Hiromu, which was a great match before he got hurt. And I think maybe Clark Connor's original partner could have been Taiji Ishimura, and they just they pulled the audible here and thought Dan Maloney, since he fits so well because he's, you know, he's he's not only is he British, but he's and it's funny that William Will Osprey really fought to get him in here. He turned on him so fast, so that's another thing that that really makes it funny. Like you know, William Will put Will got him his job. And he turned on him before the tour, the tour could even end. <laughs> but he kept, he kept. They said they kept saying the commentary. He stayed. He's not taking his flight because he wants to take this team to the ring. Yeah, right. Beat the shit out of him, like. Exactly. That's why he stayed. But yeah, it was awesome. Awesome little turn. And, and it really, I saw some people also confused online. But it made a lot of sense, especially if you got a chance to grasp. Uh, Maloney in the Super Junior Tournament. And again, he fits really, really well with the Bullet Club. I can't lie. So I, I really don't have a problem with it. He's a guy who cut 30 pounds just to be a Super Junior. He is a very, very strong guy <laughs> and an awesome wrestler. So, yeah, man, he's going to be really, really good with uh, Clark Connors. Two angry uh, foreigners just causing havoc. havoc. Well, I'll tell you something, the crowd reacted big. Uh, oh, the they hated was, it. Great rule show, but they you know, really did this. There's one thing New Japan are the best at is the junior tag division, and I even know the the story of Kushida because even in the Super Juniors, a uh, best Super Juniors, I think he won twice. Uh, no, he, he was horrible. He, he yeah, was horrible. <laughs> and again, losing the titles here, I know it's going to pay yeah, off. Though. Exactly. That's that's right. That's right. Good stuff. Exactly. Uh, we then had the World Television Championship. Zack Sabre Junior defeated Jeff Cobb. Another fantastic Zack Sabre Junior World TV title. Gina, it's just a shame that you didn't move for him and you you just pushed him aside. You know, just think about where we could be now <laughs> with Zack Sabre Junior. I mean, the thing is, he beat. Jeff- no, I, mean, I don't have any personal beef with Zack Sabre Junior. I just I just don't warm to him. That's all. But he still puts on a good match, and I don't condone that. So. I mean, if he don't like me, then that's on him. But to be fair, that's a lot of people. So, oh well. Well, Zach managed to. I'm sure it's not, by the way. We see a Tory Islands reversed by Zach Sabre Jr. Uh, but honestly, like, how good is so Zach? smart? I mean, Monty, he has to be in the conversation, doesn't he, for the, the best wrestlers? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Honestly, as happy as I am, I'm very happy we're getting Danielson or Carter. But you cannot tell me. That Zach and Danielson would not just cook, but again, I, hopefully we'll get that paid off at some point. Maybe they didn't want to, you know, because Zach is a champion right now. You don't want to take a chance with Danielson, make him obvious, make it be obvious that he probably wouldn't win. But I don't know who knows. You never know it that because it's, it's a it's also a dream match, and that's because of the skill that Zach Sabre Jr. possesses. And in, in that first match, he really got lucky in that time limit draw. Man, he got he got got you know cycloned by Jeff Cobb. And he flew out of the ring, and it bought us the time, and he ran out of time. But Zach, being who he is, very, very disappointed in winning or basically retaining that way in a draw, came back, and he had the, the game plan perfect, a great reversal for, from toward the islands to trap the big fella, you know, and uh, get that pin. Like he said, he's not the strong. He's not the strongest. He's nowhere near as handsome as Jeff Cobb, but he has <laughs> mental techers. Mental techers. Very, very smart guy. I was going to say, Zach's 10th defense, and as he said, Cobb is attractive as well and as good as always. He <laughs> makes the title seem important. Uh, and then we had the IWGP Tag Team Championships of vacated titles on the line with Bisherman defeating United Empire, Ramon Hanare and Greater Khan with the House of Torture Evil and Takahashi. 
Fisherman, as always, put on a great performance here. The House of Torture stuff, did it annoy me? Yes, but I can understand. This is what they do, man. Why why (laughs) they do it for, yeah. Um, After the match, Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd rushed the new champions while wearing Bullet Club Club (laughs) colours. Now, Alex he's got the greatest moustache in professional wrestling. Used to be on strong, but his eyes, he makes Dexter Loomis seem like a fucking normal guy. That's all I yeah. can say. It was just, he didn't need to do anything. Like, again, we no. had Kid go on a fuck rant because this is a new bullet yes. club. He's you know? also very angry for some reason. Yeah. English and very angry. Very angry. He's been angry all, for years, all, though. All, all at this British point. are angry people, as, as we can tell. <laughs> like, I mean,. This is just crazy, isn't it? We don't need the strong titles here. Uh, but, you know, Bishman yeah, no. winning, setting up Bullet Club. I mean, what are your thoughts, Monty, of this new Bullet Club now? We've just seen four, basically four members now. Alex Coughlin, Dan Maloney, of course, Gabriel Kidd and Clark Connors. This is a new Bullet Club. And as Jaxie said, is this going to seem less slammed because we haven't kind of got the star power of previous incarnations? Mm-hmm. I think at first, especially for newer fans who have no clue who these guys are, you don't understand. The night it happened, a lot of people, a lot of casuals popped in. It was like, who the hell are these guys? It's just like, I get it. If you know about the LA dojo and what's been going on over the last four years, and just, and hell, even if you know uh, New Japan Strong, like you know, James. Oh, yeah, I asked you know, you what's going to happen. You I didn't know you were going to join Bullet Club. <laughs> exactly. I told you they would debut in Japan. I just, you know, just, just tell you how. Uh, but yeah, uh, again, Finley has been very, very adamant. He wants killers, and everyone has get every, everyone get so far has given off that type of energy that they are here to destroy and take over New Japan. And honestly, I honestly, I, I agree. It's gonna suffer with star power, especially right at first. But I believe, uh, I believe again. Back to my thing about fresh coat of paint, freshening up the club. Now you have a new leader. You have basically a new body, new tag team, new. I mean, new heavyweight tag team. New junior heavyweight tag team, and then when Taiji Ishimori is back, because it may not, it's not going to be a major uh, uh, time off out here for his injury. He can he'll be your junior heavyweight uh, ace, someone that can you can put there. So again, they're building and formulating the club back from where it was because they lost a lot. They lost Anderson and Gallo. They lost, you know, you know, they, you know what happened with Tama and, and his brother, and you know with Leo gone and. You know, uh, and, you know, of course, they've kicked the leader out. I think that's the biggest thing about that Bullet Club Gold rebrand is that it wouldn't hurt me as much if I knew if Jay White could still compete for New Japan. It would be like, ah, yeah, I get it. But it's like, ah, why are we doing this when you know he can't even do anything in Japan? So why are we still stoking the Jap, like the fact of something he was doing in Japan? Let him do something fresh and new. But, hey, give it time. I'm pretty sure Jay White will kill it because he's awesome. And uh, yeah, but this is brand new. I think you got to give everyone time. They're gonna have to establish themselves not only in Japan but also to get worldwide fame because a lot of people who've been watching Strong know who they are. A lot of people who've been going to these uh, New Japan of USA events know who they are. But do the world have a clue who these guys are yet? No. And that's what it's time to do. It's time to put it put you know this into action. This was just letting you know who these. This this is just your introduction. Now it's time to see what they do from this point on. You know, uh, Prince David, when he started the original Bullet Club back in the day with Fale, Tama Tonga, and, you know, Carl Anderson, they were, they had to come, not only did they take over shows and just full-fledged 
Prince, uh, Prince David Finn Balor, by the way, if you don't know, uh, when they when they did that, they they had to not only come together, but they had to establish themselves. They did a lot of cheating. They did a lot of things that you heard you heard them cry out. The fans really really hated them, and I think that's what Bullet Club is trying to get back to. As entertaining as some of the ELP and Jay White and all the other moving parts that they've had in the in, in the last year or so has been, you know, they got away from their identity. Their identity are, you know, hard-nosed killers who, you know, basically murder for hire, mercenaries. And I think that's basically what they're trying to get back to. And I think David Finley uh, has recap has really did a really good job of trying to give us a brand new Bullet Club. Some people are rejecting it, but I think it just needs time to, and we'll see exactly. Will this be, will this 10th year anniversary uh, inclination, I mean, uh, incarnation of the Bullet Club, will this be anywhere near as big as the last uh, incarnation? And hell, even the incarnations before that. Yeah, I mean, that's the question, isn't it? But as you spoke about David Finley, the leader, then defeated El Fantasmo for the never, oh, retaining the never openweight title. And again, really, really strong from Finley. I'm interested to see what both do here because ELP... ELP need friends. Face. Well, he's been a face for about, you know, a year now. So that's not an issue. It's like you said, he, yeah, needs, he needs exactly. a bit of backup. Um, but again, exactly. good match. And then the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, uh, Master Wasso, winner of the Best of Super Juniors, coming up short against Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, it's just a shame. Because, uh, again, what's crazy about it, and listening to the crowd, is they wanted a total change. And I know Hiromu, like I said, yes. it's loved, but they, they wanted Master World. He can't win the big one. This what I thought was really interesting. Not many times you see Hiromu hit a time bomb and the crowd kind of disappointed. Yeah. No, it's true. It's 100% true. But it's only gonna, it's, this is another chapter in the story of Watto. I promise you, maybe even by next year or in the future, you will see Master Watto at the top of this junior division. I think this is just priming him for that moment. New Japan has done this plenty of time. My boy Naito has been on the losing end of moments like that where you just felt like this is his time. He's finally going to beat O'Connor, then boot Rainmaker. Nope, not time. So sometimes they do that, you know, <laughs> even if it feels like the moment is there, but Hiromu is still on an all-time run himself. He's, he's he's trying to catch 12 defenses. I think he's at like six or something like that, five right now. So, yeah, he 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 has a road to go. We'll see if he'll actually do it, but you're 100% right. O Osaka won in Wato. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. We then had another open weight six-man tag team championship. Chaos, Kazuchika Okada, Tamiri Ishii, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. And they defeated the Blackboard Combat Club, Colorado Castanoli, John Moxley, and Shota Umino. This was Moxley's first match in Japan since February 2020. This was Claudio's first match ever in Japan. And seeing him swing a carder was one of the craziest oh. things. <laughs> I never thought, in wrestling, they you know, too. two wells collide as a carder goes around. Umino tried to take advantage of the triple powerbomb. Couldn't get the job done. And the card is like, do you know what? Enough shit now. Enough enough of this. Yeah. We we you know, we <laughs> like to talk about he's not gonna go for the money clip. He's 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 not gonna fuck around anymore. He's just like, look, shooter, fucking there you go, Rainmaker, I've had enough of you. Uh and then Moxley teased Brian Danielson with the video package playing with Vinny Danielson is challenging O Carter at the Forbidden Door. 
Um, unbelievable. I mean, Jackson, we've got the announcement. We've got the dream match that we wanted. Danielson versus Okada. That should be incredible in its own yeah. right. I mean, I think this is probably the most anticipated match that no one actually thought of at the beginning of this year. If you think about it, everyone was just rooting to have um, uh, Brian Danielson face Zack Sabre Jr. So, you know, I think a lot of people, including myself, really thought, okay, well, they'll they'll do that this year, you know? Um, To be getting Okada versus Danielson, I mean, I don't know what else you can ask for um, to give to a wrestling fan. It's like Christmas. You know? Yeah, without like I said, the the Will Ospreay Kenny Omega match was enough. This was a kind of cherry on the the top as well. Really, really, really fun uh, to know that we've got this coming up. We still had one match left as well, Dominion, which was Sonada defeating Yota Suji for the IP World Heavyweight Championship, retaining as it was. Uh, Yota looked really, really good in this match, and even with his spear, I know a lot of people hit the spear. But his actually looks quite impactful. Uh, but Sonata yeah. found too much and got the job. He played American done. football. Uh, well, yeah, the thing I like about Sonata as well was that he knew he was in a fight and he and he hyped up Yota afterwards, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then said at the end as well he would win the G1, pick who he faces at Wrestle Kingdom. Can you get any more facey than that? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. It's, it's just everything about Sonata is different now, man. That attitude, we'll talk about it when we get to uh, when he showed up on Rampage. Just just everything about him, the way he carries himself, man. He's just, he's man, he's an awesome just figurehead and someone to have in that spot. If you don't have Okada, honestly, Sonata, and the way he's been carrying himself now is really probably the next be- best thing at this point. He's, he's showing it in this run. I can't wait to see what else he does. I can't wait to see his G1 performance. And like you said, Yota Suji, man, some of the moves he was pulling off, you could just – it's just stuff – like I said, this is stuff that he never even scratched the surface of when he was a young lion. Like you never even saw a teaser. Maybe you saw the spear, but the spear didn't look anything like it looked against Sonata. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and like the dives he was doing, the, the super Spanish fly that he did. You know what I'm saying? It's just like I know uh, Naito pro- told him that he has to prove – or uh, like he's giving him an opportunity to prove that he needs that he can that he's ready to be an LIJ. And I honestly, even though they didn't carry him out, I know a hundred percent that that match proved it that he is definitely going to be a, a very very vital member for uh, of LIJ going forward. And I cannot wait to see his G one performance because that's what you do when you're the world champion. You put over the next guy. And you you show not only what he can do against you, but now you got people excited to see what he's going to do going forward. And will we ever get? He said he's 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 open to wrestling Suji many times again. And I think that's uh, like you said something that makes Sonata an awesome champion. And uh, again, this was just a really 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 fun match. It didn't go too long. It was very 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 uh, just again nonstop action. I really enjoyed it, and it was a great performance by both guys. Yeah, really, really fun main event. And then June 9th was the All Together Again, the New Japan AJ, AJPW thing and Noah crossover. The main event being Akala, Keno, and Yuma. Oh my God. Ayuyagi defeat Roshi Tanahashi, Keita Gimi, and Kento Miyahara. So that's it. We're caught up with New Japan now. The next big thing, and what we will be reviewing on the podcast as well, is of course. The G1 Climax 33. Uh, then I'm not going to run through all the list because we've done Best of Super Juniors 
What I was upset about with the blocks, Monty, was the fact that Carter was kept away from Shooter and Ren Narita and, of course, uh, Kiyomiya, who is from Noah, had all the problem with this year. Why? Why? Uh, I do think it's a strong tease that you may be seeing these guys later in the block final. I think that's one reason why I agree. It doesn't initially I didn't really understand or really didn't like it. But honestly, when it comes to Shota and uh, Ren Narita, they've already attempted to do what Okada did. Okada came right in first night, challenged Tanahashi and beat him. And they've done that and failed. They've, they've tried to come right at Okada and they've been dropped. Same thing with Kaito. I wouldn't be surprised if you find out later that Okada asked to be in a different block away from them guys because honestly, he's done. He's over all of them. I know they they are they they may not be over him, but he is over them at this point, especially when the uh, the title is his focus. Now I do agree though; it would have been nice to see them all in the same block so they can get a guaranteed match against Okada. But who knows if they if Kaito performs and represents Noah well, he can meet them in the block finals. We'll what? see. The reaction from the crowd for that announcement meant, you know, that that's going to be special. Right. Uh, but one thing I've taken away is, is Shooter, Shota, we want to call him Umino, is the star, is the guy that I, I can see him facing the card of a Wrestle Kingdom. You know, he's the one. Don't get me wrong, I like Ren Narita, I like a few, but he is the guy who's he's going to be the next one. You know, I can just, for me anyway, that's what I feel. Um, but we're going to start now with AEW Notes. Luckily, we're going to do it quickly because we've still got predictions to do as well. Uh, we're going to start 31st of May and the 7th of June with really Yuta continues momentum, pinning Bandido in a fun six-man matchup. Kenny Omega was in Canada. Uh, Bullet Club Gold will have a date with FTR. Uh, weird, though. I mean, Jaxi, who would you rather be right now? Jay White or David Finley? Because it feels like they have traded places. One of them did use the team with Juice mm. and go for tag team titles. The other one was the leader of a Bullet Club. Who would you rather be right now? I mean, it's a difficult. It's, it's difficult to say, really, because if you're someone like Jay White, who's been with the company for years, maybe you know you want to like be teamed up with Juice Robinson in a Western promotion now, doing something a lot different to what he has been doing over the past few years. Whereas for David Finley, this is something completely new, taking over a faction as prominent as the Bullet Club. So, I mean, I I don't think that you could lose either way if you were either David Finley or Jay White. Yeah, I think that's the, the correct. I think that is the correct. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be more Finley, but then again, I've always gone against it. Uh, Same. Yeah, I mean, Gina, <laughs> what about you? Sorry, repeat that. JY or David Finley? Who would you rather be right now? That's a really difficult question. Um... We ask the hard <laughs> questions here. God damn it. Um. I don't know because I do feel like David Finley is just hitting off on his stride, but I I think I have a preference for Jay White because I know him better. So I'm just going to say Jay. Well, let's just see how much of a fan you are, Jay All White, right. as we go through this. Hey, eh? go for the results <laughs> of Collision and Dynamite. Um, Don Callis uh, got near Dominic Hate with Takeshita, uh, saying you destroyed my family and may have lost a nephew, but I gained a son. Uh, he's better than Akada, <laughs> and he's better than Kenny Omega. Kenny, you destroyed my family, and I'm going to build a new one. My new family is going to cut the elite out of all elite wrestling. 
That's what we need. More feuds for Kenny. You know, it's what it feels like at this moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Jackson, you must feel this. Kenny's not feuding with enough people. You know, you need to have a bit of eight or nine. They've decided that Kenny can handle having multiple feuds in different uh, companies and just deal with them all at the same time because he's the cleaner. He's Superman. He can do it all. We see Britt and Adam Cole beat Jericho and Soraya. Uh, Orange Cassidy defended versus Swerve in a banger. MJF was confronted by Adam Cole. Jay White beat Ricky Starks. Still a fan, Gina? Still a, still a fan? <laughs> <laughs> I am, but they're just burying him horribly. Well, let's get to Collision before that. Uh, the Blackpool Combat Club competed on both Dynamites. <laughs> June 14th, Adam Cole and MGF went to a 30-minute... Why you minute... up with your snickering? <laughs> Adam Cole and I MGF... I can literally hear it. ...went to a 30-minute time limit to start the show. Um, again, this was really, really good. I did like the referee... You know, because usually when they count, they don't put their arm up in the air and go one little second before they start the count. But again, really, really well-timed. Sonata will defend his IWGP World Heavyweight title in an open challenge. Jack Perry accepted. It's not an open challenge then, is it? Because we know the match. <laughs> you see, this is what annoys me about open challenges. Was it open long? No, it wasn't. That's what I'm saying. It was a fucking open challenge then. It was, a, I want a match. Yes, it's okay. I'm going to have a match. Anyway, uh, Renee tells them Jeff he has a match at Forbidden Door versus Tanahashi because why not? We get Zack Sabre Jr. interrupting Orange Bollocks. Please give us title versus title. Uh, Bucks and uh, Page beat Blackpool Combat Club. And then all hell went loose. I don't know what happened at the end of this impact. We see Moxley and Eddie impact. Kingston. Uh, impact, sorry. Impact my mind. Dynamite. Because we got <laughs> Moxley. This, is what it felt. this felt like an old impact of what happened afterwards. Eddie Kingston returning, facing off with Moxley, Matt Jackson was there, Takeshita showed up, Omega arrived, and then finally Will Ospreay attacking Omega. Jackson, can you get too much sometimes? It says there's too much booked into that. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't keep up. My eyes couldn't keep up because they didn't kind of like give us a second to register who was coming out, who they were beating up. We should be getting excited for it. So, you know, there's me sort of reacting. And then, like, a moment later, we were getting something completely different. And I, I, my, my brain couldn't catch up in time, you know? So by the time I actually registered, Will Osprey was out, the credits were up. And, it, you know, it was finished. And I was just kind of like, um, oh, wait, what just happened? Let me just rewind this, because I have no idea who the fuck just got involved. That's what I'm saying. You have to go back and just, okay, one, two, all right. That, no, okay, right, yeah, it makes sense. Um, and then on Rampage... Well, imagine if you're a new fan and you don't know who anyone <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you don't watch Rampage. I mean, it's a, thing, it's a shame that not everyone has a Monty, you know? <laughs> that is right. true. He is our Google, basically, when it comes to this stuff. On um, Rampage, Zack Sabre <laughs> Jr. defended his New Japan Strong title versus Action Andretti. Rampage June 9th, uh, the Fatal 4-Way match with Sky Blue beating Britt Baker, Mercedes Martinez and Nyla Rose. Jeff Cobb, Carl Fletcher and Will Ospreay beat Best Friends. We see Aubrey Edwards win her first match. Yes, I did say that. Teaming with Mark and Daddy Briscoe beating Lethal, wow. Double J and Karen. Yeah, I had to watch that. And then the first ever collision, everybody. 
Yeah. <laughs> June 17th, we get Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGinnis on commentary. Monty, no, that was awesome. Us, make us watch it. They're like, who's, who's their favorite yes. commentators? <laughs> I, I I agree 100%. They was like, oh, we got Nigel and Kevin Kelly. Like, man, do you understand how fresh that felt, man? To, to, no offense to Excalibur and the crew and Shivani, JR. Like, I, you know, of course, come on, we, we get it. But, yeah, man, yeah. it felt good to get those fresh, that fresh commentary team. It just felt like an entire, even though we knew it was AW, it felt different. Mm-hmm. I have to agree with Monty on that. It, it was just a real surprise to actually hear Kevin Kelly and, and, um, What's his name? Um, what's his name? Uh, Nigel McGuinness, goddammit. Sorry, I was going to call him... Like, you know what it was? I was about to call him Patrick McGuinness, and I don't know why I was about to say Paddy that. Paddy McGuinness, close <laughs> enough. Close enough. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, I think there's just something so nice when you actually... When it first opened up, you actually expected to hear Excalibur or Taz or Chris Jericho or Tony Schiavone. It was just a nice uh, breath of fresh air uh, to get a different commentary team, um, especially for us Brits. So just hearing hearing them on commentary is quite nice. Well, shadow of a doubt, we see CM Punk starting the show with a red bag and boots around his neck. Now, again, we don't know what was in the red bag, but I thought for a second it might be like dead kittens and puppies, and you throw them at the crowd and be a heel turn, you know? And that's, that's what Punk's about. But no, no, he didn't. Not in Chicago. Not in Chicago. They would cheer that, I think. They would cheer that. Even, even dead animals. They would be like, you hey, see your phone, see your phone. <laughs> uh, Punk made numerous not-so-subtle references to the Elite throughout his promo, but it was classic Punk. And if he, he and the Elite can do business, there is so much money. If not, what a waste. The line about counterfeit bucks was classic Punk. Gina, I know we talk about seeing Punk's leave and return almost monthly, but, I mean, what do you think of this one? Because surely this time seeing Punk can't fuck it up. I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling about it. Obviously, I'm happy he's back, but I don't know. A part, there was a slight part of me, maybe like 20% of me, that found it a little bit distasteful and... You know, I don't, I don't know. Like, I didn't really want Collision to be like a fuck the elite show, and just you know, all haters be on the Collision show. So, <laughs> I didn't really want Punk to an- antagonize it even further and encourage it. But obviously, he gave a fire promo, and the crowd loved him with it being his hometown too. So it definitely got them, you know, pumped up for the new show. I just don't know if some of it was a bit bad taste and maybe could have done without. So I'm a little conflicted about his return. Yeah. I'll tell you another thing that pissed me off. Nothing to do with CM Punk, what happened next, with Luchasaurus winning the TNT title and Christian celebrating like he won it. If they let Christian win it, then I would have been right. So I was right, in a way, for double or nothing. (laughs) But they still fucked me over. I don't know how. I don't know how this thing happened. Um, Luchasaurus looked like an idiot just standing there, like, okay, yeah, it's his belt. Hold, let me hold this guy over the over my shoulders, even though I won the belt. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> we did have uh, Buddy and Andrade putting on banger. Weirdly enough, Buddy was introduced as Buddy Murphy, which I can't afford, like, did, I, did, I, did I hear that? Yeah, I was going to have. Is that the first time they've actually said Buddy Murphy on AEW or have they done it before yeah, and I missed it? No, that was an accident. It was an accident, I think. 
Oh my god! <laughs> How embarrassing! <laughs> I know. First, first episode. House of Black attacked after. Fun fact though, Alistair Black, as he was known, beat Andrade to win his first mm-hmm. NXT title. Huh? Classic feud. <laughs> I know. Anyway, it seems so long ago now. Uh, <laughs> Miro destroyed Tony Nice. I tell you what, since Tony Nice went for AEW, that paid off for him. Uh, right, he's just doing so much better. <laughs> oh my God. He he's flying. Punk and yeah. FTR versus Jay White, Juice, and Joe. Uh, this is the main event. Before that, we had the Outcast losing to Sky Blue and Willie Nightingale. I suppose different shows, same placement. Uh, as it was. As for the main event, Very much. Uh, we get CMFTR, as they are known, uh, wearing pink and black gear to honor the idol Brett. Maybe do it in Canada, but again, what do I know? The face is one, <laughs> but what do I want to talk about, in all seriousness, it is uh, poor JR joining them for the main event. We've already talked yeah. about Kelly. Now, Monty, I'm never going to say, you know, after doing this pod for nearly 10 years, sometimes people just need to walk away. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but he had a fall earlier in the day before collision. Tony Khan should have just said, you're not ready for TV tonight. You know? Some, yeah, some go time. home or, you know, or just sit back here. Yeah, you right? I just, it's crazy to me that they let him, you know, go out there in that state. I'm pretty sure maybe someone, suge- maybe someone suggested it and he just said, no, I'm good. I can do it. You know, and, uh, you know, he's a legend, so you give him the benefit. But, yeah, man, it was rough. It was really, really rough. And, you know, he immediately had to apologize. And, you know, after that, because he even knew that it was it was a tough, it was tough, man. It was, it was really tough to hear when you think about, like you said, just one of, if not the greatest voice in professional wrestling of all time. He's one of them. And it's just, honestly, as the years have gone by, you know, uh, and uh, he's slowly but surely starting to take steps away from doing this as much as he was. Uh, but, yeah, man, it, it, I never say that, too, because I respect JR, and I, I grew up – that's the voice I grew up hearing. You know, I don't, I can't think about wrestling, honestly, without the voice of JR. So it, it's, it really, really is tough. It's just kind of like with the conversation we had about Jeff Hardy and just, like, you know, seeing him sometimes slip or something. It's just like, ah. You know, it, just, it hurts a little bit extra because you grew up watching these guys be superheroes and do what they do for so long. But I wish JR nothing but the best, though. Hopefully he can get back, get home, get refresh himself. Maybe if he do decide to come back later, uh, the time off will be, you know, very. it'll be it'll do him good. And maybe it'll everything will work out for him. But it, it really was tough to hear him uh, on the first episode of Collision. Yeah, I mean, if it was me... Now, I mean, like I said, I've I've trouble with my dad falling over. I wouldn't put him on live TV after it happened. But maybe for right, JR right. now, it is just maybe all in if he's ready. One last big event, just maybe the main event as a kind of like send off as well. Because like mm-hmm. you said, we don't want him to turn into Jeff Hardy where he's jobbing out to the guns on Dynamite. You see, it's, we can't we can't be happy. Yeah. Uh, the Hardys did lose. I mean, Gina, what the fuck was this? The Hardys are one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And the Guns are the first team to beat them in AEW. Don't. I, I'm so angry that they have that that notch on their belt. I just, I don't know. Because it, it's been, it's especially tough for me. Because, again, I grew up and got into wrestling thanks to the Hardy Boys. Um, and I've actually been re-watching some old Roy's War. Um era uh wrestling and it's just hard because again i'm i'm watching the hardys at their peak 
and they are just so great. And then I see this, I see them lose for the first time. And to the guns, <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's kind of left me speechless a bit because I'm not trying to uh, condone the gun boys, but I wouldn't have give the, given them this first win over the Hardys. I really wouldn't. There's Out of all the amazing tag teams you have in AEW, I don't think that the guns are deserved it. I think there were other teams that deserved that. The thing is, I heard as well, someone said to me, to me, that the guns, the equivalent would be pretty deadly. And I say to you, whoever, an email, <laughs> fuck you, sir. Monty, bullshit. You know that's bullshit. Like, it gotta just be the outfit. It gotta just saying. be like the, no, no, the interest gear. That's what I'm fucking saying. <laughs> the fucking assholes. You know? Like, assholes. It's the only thing they have in common. Yeah. Oh, fuck you. Like one of the greatest tag teams of our generation. And pretty deadly. No, yeah, man. No, we'll if you don't no, like no, the no, guns, no, no, no. you're going to have to accept it. You're going <laughs> to... If you don't like the guns, you're gonna have to accept it at this point, man. Because they, they just they won't. They're not going anywhere. It doesn't seem like no. Um, (laughs) Starks FTR Punk cleared the ring before the best of the world issued a challenge. He said, "I'm a collision guy. I'm not even supposed to be here." And because of that, Kenny Omega wasn't. So that's gonna work out well. That's gonna none of the elite were exactly. I can't wait for backstage at Forbidden Door. Part of me doesn't want to watch Forbidden Door. I want to get a camera in the locker rooms. Just the, the tents, uh, you know, getting something to eat, you know. Mark. <laughs> also, him saying that contradicted Tony because Tony was like, no, it's no, blend, it's no brand split, you know, we're doing, you know what I'm saying? Everyone can go anywhere. But, oh, okay, I bet, I guarantee we probably won't ever see the elite on collision. <laughs> well, one one thing we do see on Dynamite, which I couldn't believe, was a concession stand brawl. Now, as you've guys said to me, I'm old, but I'm not that oh. old. This was big in the seventies and eighties, right? With the King and uh, I think the Honky Tonk Man back in the day. Uh, not now, <laughs> not with Mark Briscoe beating Jeff Jarrett, and if that went along with it, let's just move on quickly. Uh, Jericho Suzuki Guevara defeated Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and AR Fox. I mean, that win for Action Andretti versus Jericho really has paid off. Uh, we get the Suzuki <laughs> Gods challenging Darby Allen. If you're anyone on the team, you can find a part face us, Jericho said to Renee Paquette. The elite build Eddie Kingston would be one of the men team with Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks to battle Blackpool Combat Club, uh, which will be Mox, Claudio, Utah, Takeshita, and a partner of their choosing. Uh, Jaxi, why did they just cram all these match announcements in? Like, didn't couldn't, didn't they have time over like a month or two months? Yeah, at least um, a month. Yeah, <laughs> this was something that both Gina and I brought up, just kind of in conversation, um, just with regards to you know we we ended up watching um, a lot of these shows kind of in one setting because um, we weren't able to kind of watch live or catch up this week, so everything's just. For me, it just felt like it was all rushed together. Like, shit, we've got to announce this quick. Just push this together real quick and just chuck a promo out there to say, oh, this is the reason why. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it just felt like they've had plenty of time uh, with the build-up that they really could have already announced these before they even had, like, confirmed people. Like, we've we've seen that happen, um, you know, where they're like, you know what, we'll, we'll come back to you next week and announce uh, someone who's joining us. But, you know, just give it to us all spread out. Don't throw it all at 
wants at us because um I, I'm I'm trying I'm trying really hard to keep up and even being an AEW veteran, I'm finding it hard to keep up. Honestly, like they were just like you said, throwing shit at a wall and seeing what stuck on this dynamite. Uh we had Adam Cole promo predicted interrupted by MJF. We then turned into WCW in 1994 for some reason. We get a tag team <laughs> eliminate a tournament with kooky partners. It didn't work then. Now, give us fucking tag teams. How many tag teams have AEW got? I shouldn't get annoyed, but honest to goodness. It's yeah. Just, it's so It annoying. made me think, are they short on teams now? Like, that's what it's, that's really made me wonder. I'm like, damn, they must be short on teams now. Why are we doing this? Well, Adam Cole persuaded the devil. Uh, to battle Hiroshi Tanahashi at the Forbidden Door. Daniel Garcia and Junior beat Orange Cassidy and uh, Shibata uh, in a great matchup. Then, again, <laughs> turned into a fatal four-way at Forbidden Door. Random. Well, just, just give us <laughs> Cassidy and Sabre. That's going to be a great match in itself. Yes. But Oh, well. Chris Statlander retained a TBS title versus Tyre Valkyrie. It was announced after Tony Storm would face Willow Nightingale in a champ versus champ match because why not? Kingston revealed Ishii, him, Young Bucks, and Adam Page at Forbidden Door. Okada made the same for Ishii, coming face to face with Danielson at a Sunday's dream match. They stared each other down to close out the show, but not before the biggest star in New Japan laid out Utah with a Rainmaker. Jaxi, I know you love Arcada, but look at the response he gets. That shows how big a star he actually is. Yeah. I mean, like, again, also just kind of bringing up the fact that I'm pretty sure it was on that same um, uh, same show that Excalibur announced that that was going to be the main event of Forbidden Door. Now, don't quote me on that. I don't know whether or not that was a mistake and he wasn't supposed to say it. I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, but I mean, that's just telling you something that the, if they are putting that as the main event over Tanahashi versus MJF, we'll go into my, my thoughts really on Tanahashi um, challenging for the AEW belt again um, soon. But yeah, this, this felt like a pretty big deal. Like the, the crowd went absolutely insane as soon as they heard his music drop, you know, and you just got to think to yourself, like this man is generating so much popularity and not just in new Japan, but over here um, in the UK, um, over in the U S as well. Um, this guy is going to continue going big and he's going to, he's going to make it um, with these different uh, sort of characters. He can play. He's not gone into this heel mode and it still works for him. Um, I can only imagine that like, we're just going to see more and more out of Okada and I'm very excited. By that, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Then Rampage, June twenty third, Swerve Strickland teed up with Red Osprey. Oh, fucking what, what a team that was! With Cole Fletcher and Jeff Cobb to beat Trent Barreto, Chuck Taylor, Yo, and Rocky Romero. Adam Cole came out to deliver a promo, but before he could speak, MGF revealed that Cole had a match of Forbidden Door against Tom. Now I love Filthy Tom, but how fucking, how random was this? <laughs> like, Very random. It's like no who can we have lose to Adam Cole. <laughs> who who have we got on the roster? Uh, you you'll do. I literally, I literally heard that, and I I just said to Jaxie, the homeless one, <laughs> the, the homeless yes. one. Why? <laughs> but I just got I my I was no, just I was so thinking shocked. to myself. I went. I thought no, the stinky one, not the homeless one, the stinky one. Yes, he has a. He's just filthy. 
and, and stinky. He looks like he smells. Yeah. So well, filthy. Let's hope they don't stink the place up when they do face each other. <laughs> Anna Jay lost the Sky Blue in the Owen Hart Cup tournament. What do you mean? You didn't know the Owen Hart Cup tournament had started? <laughs> well, this is the first round match. How dare you? Wow. Uh, and then Jungle Boy <laughs> beat Doki uh, with Perry winning with Sonada Skoen finisher. But the IWGP heavyweight champion showed up to confront Perry and show him what it looks like to be an adult. And not only did that, <laughs> champion. Yeah. How fucking cool did Sonada look? The way he carried himself oh, was a true champion compared to someone who's not cleaned their room. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, like he, he looked like the man, you know what I mean? To, um, you know, top shelf suit, the shades. He looked great, and not to mention, right before that, I know maybe it had something to do with being in Chicago, but Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy got shown up by Doki. <laughs> you know, like Doki was getting they they were booing Jungle Boy by the end of his match, and those people were chanting Dookie, Dookie, Dookie. They was really into Doki, man. So I yeah, was I was I so proud. I was like, well. yes, like they Doki's were over. they were all behind Dookie. That was really shocking for me. I didn't realize that they would actually turn I on. I think Jungle Boy was like shocked. Yeah, even he afterwards was like, "Oh, now you fucking do your arms to my song." You know, like, how dare you? Well, right, you want to sing now? Sure. And if there wasn't enough wrestling at the weekend as well, we had Collision June twenty fourth with Naito announced as Sting and Darby's partner. Now, Monty, I'm now a bigger fan. You are. And even though like he had nothing to do with this and no connection, I'm Nothing happy. to do with it. <laughs> the only connection he has is that he beat Jericho and Russell Kingdom a few years back. That's pretty much it. That's it. That's all, that's all he got. That's all you have. Yeah, he beat Jericho back in the day. I guess Sting is an honorary LIJ member two years in a row. Him and Darby right. teams up. With uh, with an LIJ member, so I guess that's another connection. But yeah, man, it was, it was very awesome. I'm very happy that he's at least getting a chance to be on Forbidden Door. Very disappointed he couldn't be on the first one. So even if it is thrown together and it doesn't make a lot of sense, I'm happy to see him. So I can't wait to see how it goes. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, we then had Hiroshi Tanahashi beating Swerve in a really good match. But Swerve did well to make the finish happen. Uh, towards the end, we had Brody King and Jade ended when Buddy, don't call him Murphy, attacked. In another first round match for the women's bracket of the Own Heart Tournament, Willie Nightingale defeated Nyla Rose. The outcast surrounded the ring, but Sky Blue frightened them off with a chair. We then have Hobbs squash the Prophet. And in the main event, Jay White, the Ju- Jews and the Guns beat CMFTR and Ricky, who wet the pin. <laughs> You're a fan, Gina, are you, of Jay White? Hmm? Honestly, that's just to me. Like, I, I kind of expected the face team to win it, so I was shocked that they lost for starters. And then you used I mean, my... you got to admit that was a hot finish, though. It was a hot finish, but you used my man for the roll-up pin. Like, really? To to be honest, I I just feel really gutted for Ricky in a way because I feel like he was on such a hot streak and they just kind of buried it straight away and it's just damaged him in a way. I I don't know why, but I feel like I'd like to argue this point, though. I felt like Ricky looked very strong at the end of that match. I mean, he was giving out spears here and there. If Juice hadn't come and just, like, 
hit him and knocked him in the head, then, like, you know, he could have actually gotten one up on Jay White. I don't actually think it made him look weak at all. The match itself was lit, and I think that uh, at, by the end of it, yes, he might have been rolled up pinned, but I actually think that he came out looking really good and, like, just really on the same calibre as um, as Juice and Jay White, and possibly just getting even better, you know, um, just even having him um, in the same... Uh, sort of match tagged with like the likes of FTR and CM Punk means that they they do see something in Ricky Starks. Um, I'm just hoping that like they they keep with this momentum because when he got that hot tag, he was pretty hot. So you know, uh, yes, it didn't work out, but like this is what heels do. So it'd be really good to kind of just see how um see see how he can continue uh, faring against um people in Collision, especially if Collision is going to maybe feature him more than other shows. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what's going to be interesting as well is the reaction CM Punk got. You know, we talk about not being the yeah. anymore. Like, Punk was like the John Cena in that arena, so it'll be interesting <laughs> to see if they try and turn him heel. Yeah, but you have to that, though, you know? Like, yeah. just because of the first collision, you had, like, everyone from Chicago, of course, obviously, they're going to be supporting Punk they're going to be up their ass. Uh, there was a, there was a lot of people on that collision show that were still up Punk's ass. You know, uh, it was really hard because it, it kind of felt like um, um, you, you had like a, a chorus of boos that wanted to stay consistent throughout the match whenever Punk was in the ring, and then like you'd get the the CM Punk fans only just cheering up and perching up to cheer CM Punk every time they heard the boos. So it was just like, it's, it's, it's going to be like that for a while. I think it's going to be very 50-50 because not everyone's going to be very happy with either the promos that he's been cutting or just sort of his overall uh, actions. Um, I think time will tell whether or not this thing keeps up. And I think the most important thing, as we've spoken about, we know Bullet Club in Japan now have added uh, Alex Coughlin and Gabriel King, mm-hmm. Dan Maloney, of course, Clark Connors. Well, Bullet Club Gold... I've added the gun club. <laughs> yeah. I, awesome addition, right? Come on, guys. Where, come on. Yeah, the gun. BC gold. Right, no, right. Nobody. No one cares. I'm trying to ask, no I'm trying to ask you the, on the positive side of this right now, which is really, really hard to uh, do. They'll but, start wearing black but, but, instead of blue. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think the one thing that they could do is actually sort of like, um, you know, play on the fact that they're the gu- the guns, bullet club, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. They can play on that. However, I, I I don't know what it is, but I think that like the guns need something to make them like not just the Talent. ass boys. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean that would help. That, yeah, <laughs> that would help. But, I mean, right now, let's just face it. I think they need to be paired with some veterans and just sort of be the bitch boys of said veterans. Do you know what I mean? So uh, the way that I see it is that they are going to get maybe TV time being aligning themselves with Bullet Club Gold. Mm-hmm. But more than likely, they're, they're sort of teaming up with them to start taking the pins so that Juice and, and Jay don't take the, those pins so regularly. Because right now, that's kind of... Jay, ever since Jay's been in uh, introduced into AEW... 
both him and Juice have been picking up the the L's um, in the sense. And if they don't want to actually make them look a little bit ridiculous, then they need some 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 four guys, you know. So the way that I saw this was, oh yeah, my Jay, Jay and Juice are smart. They've picked up the guns because they could be the four guys. So again, that's not very like you know. All guns need bullets, man. All guns yeah. need bullets. Uh, I I would have picked Luchasaurus. Because he's big. Well, he seems to have times we'll get screwed over by Christian. Yeah. And that's one man, you know? I'll have, I'll have Christian. It's not Jordan. much of a club with two guys. No. It's not much right. of a club with just two guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, come on, man. So anyway, we're up to date. We're up to date on Dynamite, <laughs> Collision, Rampage, New Japan. There's only one thing left, boys and girls. And we all know what that is. It's the most important thing. It is, of course, Predictions. But before we do that, let's just look at the tables. Prediction League 2023. We have three prediction leagues, if no one doesn't know. Uh, so this is before Forbidden Door. WWE Prediction League. Jaxi on one. Gina and Monty on two. I'm on the lead with three. And, of course, we have Money in the Bank next weekend. So that's going to be exciting. Bonus League. Jackson and Gina both on 11. Monty and James both on 14. So a perfect score. To be fair, if we get a perfect score out of like this 14-match card, I'll give you two points. Because how the fuck? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Might be difficult. AEW low. Monty, mm-hmm. the man who doesn't watch it, is on two at this moment in time. Uh, James, Gina, and Jaxi are on one. But, of course, Forbidden Door, Monty, it is your specialist subject. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, man. Fourteen matches. We have got so many fucking matches to do. <laughs> right, let's start. Let's just go through them then. Let's try and fucking mark them all off. Uh, how many have we got? Fourteen. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six. Right, here we go. So we're going to start off with zero hour pre-show. We've got El Fantasmo mm-hmm. versus Stu Grayson. Yeah. Uh, Monty, why don't you start us off? Because in a New Japan expert. Yeah, this this match has no reason, no story whatsoever, I believe. I'm very happy El Fantasmo is here. He is from Canada, so it, it makes sense. It only makes sense that El Fantasmo is, is fighting on this card. He's fighting Stu Grayson. So uh, it makes no it's no story here at all, though. It's, it's nothing. I, I have nothing to tell you about it. Other than <laughs> no, no, ELP is from Canada, just, he's here. Yeah, so ELP is who I pick. <laughs> ELP, ELP is who I pick. Yeah, I'm going to pick ELP. Jackson, what about you? I honestly don't even know about this match, to be honest, so I'm just going to go ELP <laughs> as well. Like This has just come out of nowhere. I thought I knew all the matches, no, and no, I'm no, like, no, no. what? Trust me. No, no. There's they've so asked, many so. more. Gina, what oh, about yeah, you? Yeah, I'm going to go ELP. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same. ELP, I didn't know about that. this match. So. All right. What about yeah. this one, then? United Empire, TJP, Jeff Cobb and Cole Fletcher versus Hiromu Takahashi, Shingo, and Bushi. Jack C, why don't you start yeah, yeah. with this one? <laughs> wait, wait, sorry. Can you, could you, can you just say who yeah. say that again? Bushi, Shingo, and Hiromu Takahashi versus Carl Fletcher, Jeff Cobb, and TJP. Oh my god! I'm just gonna go United. This is off. Yeah, this is off. Monty, am I making this up? I don't, I don't know. No, not, she's not making it up. They just added this either after collision or I don't know. But yes, I promise. Wait, this is pre-show legit. or 
Yeah, four three matches show. in three zero show. hour now. How many are they having four on the pre-show? Four, 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 four matches. Four matches for some reason. Yeah. After that nice condensed card we had on the last <laughs> AEW pay-per-view, Tony went back up to 14. So there you go. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go United Empire on this one. Uh, this is a complete guess because do you know what? I just found out about it. Yeah, Gina. Yeah, I'm going to go United Empire. Monty. Same, United Empire. Bush, I love Bushy, but he's in the match. He loves losing. So I'm going with United Empire. Well, I'm going to go United Empire then. Fuck it. <laughs> That'll be a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We Trust have me. got, oh my word. We've got <laughs> Mogul Embassy, Swerve Strickland, Toa Leona, and Khan versus Trent Bretta, Rocky Romero, and El Desperado. <laughs> Gina, <laughs> <do you> know? <laughs> I don't know why Desby's there. Desby don't like I'm, I'm getting don't a like headache. This. I'm getting a headache. Where did this one come out of? Jesus. Same. I'm just gonna, do you know what? I'm just going to go with Swerve and the Mogul guys. Wait, who are they against? Can you repeat who they're going against? Trent Barretta, Rocky Romero, and El Desperado. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. I'm going to swerve on this one. (laughs) Monty, what about you? Monty? Is Monty there? Oh, my swerve. fault. I was talking swerve. on mute. I was talking oh. on mute. I won with Swerve, though. They're right. They're right. I'm going with the embassy. I'm not I'm not picking this odd team. that they, I don't know why Despy's there. I don't know why Despy's there. But it just feels like it's just been like, they were like, oh, Trent, you need another person. Do you know what? Let's not give you your best friend, Chuck. We're just going to give you El Desperado over here. You know, just right. What? And Despy's teaming with Babyface while his partner Suzuki is teaming with Jericho. It was like you guys don't make a you guys don't make any sense. Like what the hell is this about? Yeah. All right. So last one, zero hour. Athena versus Billy Starks for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. I'll go Athena. Uh, Gina. Yeah, I don't even know who Billy Starks is. I've, I've not seen her before. So for me, I'm going Athena. Yeah, uh, Jaxie. Again, same. I'd never even heard of Billy Starks before, so I'm going Athena. Uh, Monty, nice and easy. I have heard of Billy, but Athena's on an all-time run, so yes, going with Athena. Uh, we'll start off with the. I say we start off. We've just had four fucking matches, but we got the Owens Hart <laughs> Men's Foundation, uh, CM Punk versus Satsushi Kojima, uh, Monty. Uh, I know Kojima is an absolute legend. There's no doubt about yes. it. The match was Punk versus Kenta, but with the rumours going around, I mean, the rumours were Kenta basically turned this down. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, what are your thoughts on this match for Punk as opposed to any others, and who's your pick? Uh, I think uh, I think for old school New Japan or just Japanese wrestling fans in general uh, who know anything about Satoshi, Satoshi Kojima, just again one of the greatest, a triple crown uh, heavyweight champion. Like I mentioned uh, earlier, he just he's won, he's literally won every heavyweight title that you can even win in in Japan. He was just the Noah World Heavyweight Champion in 2022. So even though he's an older guy, you will see once you see him wrestle, he's in fantastic shape. He is not just some guy that you could just put out the pasture, but I do believe that is the purpose of him being in this match. 
someone that you can put out to pastor and he still can say he beat a legend. He has no purpose really in the cup. He has no reason to be here really other than the fact that he's filling in a void that was possibly, like you said, left by, by Kenta. But uh, again, the master of the Larry is going to put on a great performance. He is a legend for a reason. I love Kojima to death. He's an uh, awesome, awesome man. But uh, yeah, man, I do not think Punk is going to lose, especially this soon into his return. And, uh, you know, and I think that's why Kojima's here. He's a guy who can lose this match. And, uh, you know, and it doesn't do anything to hurt him because, again, he's just his all-time great. So, yeah, man, it's, uh, I'm going with uh, CM Punk. Yeah, the other guy, Punk, as well. Jack, Steve, what about you? Yeah, uh, Monty brought up a lot of the same points I would have brought up as well. So I'm going to go with Punk on this one, too. And yeah, I'm going punk too. Cool, and I'll start with you with the next one, which will be Sting, Darby Allen, Aito versus Chris Jericho, Sami Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki. So this one was difficult, but do you know what? With the announcement of Naito joining, I can't see him losing, so I'm going with Sting, Darby, and Naito. Jack C, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I I, I got to admit, I got super excited seeing Naito get in the ring with uh, Jericho, and um, I just can't see uh, Jericho winning against him. So I'm going with uh, Sting, Darby, and Naito. Yeah, and Monty. Yeah, man, I'm extremely biased, but definitely going with low Sting, Gubernable of Naito's ah. team. But uh, but we will all. <laughs> but I will. Right. Yeah. Come on. But I will say this. Uh, also, another reason why you sh- I think you should do this is if you haven't noticed, I don't, they haven't really said, but there's been a lot of little messy faces between Sammy and Jericho. So and I think he was kind of showing him up in their tag match they had with Suzuki. So I don't know if that's going to play a factor in this match. But so Sammy and Jericho don't seem like they're on the same page, the same way they used to be. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I'm going with uh, Sting, Sting, Team Sting. Naito and Allen. Yeah, they're, they're going to build up Sting and Jericho as well, aren't they? Because they've tried to make it a big deal when they faced off and no one right. cared. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens with that. AEW <laughs> Women's Championship, Tony Orm versus Willow Nightingale. Now, Jaxie, I know you've asked in the past about stardom wrestlers being involved in this card. Apparently, they haven't got visas to work in Canada and none were booked for this show anyway which is a bit of a shame. But... Mm, I, also, I also heard that there was a start, there, there's a stardom event tonight as well uh, that prevented uh, a lot of the wrestlers being um, yeah. available. So I kind of was like, Early in the morning. fine, I'll, I'll give you guys a break only because I, I kind of also think that it was more expected to be Mercedes um, going into this match, but following her injury, obviously, um, that wasn't going to be the case. So I think that, again, just like last year, where from the men's side, we had like Kenny injured, we had Brian Danielson injured, and I swear we had someone else injured. Um, you know, it's kind of like that side, but with the women, we've got a lot of women that are in different promotions uh, tonight or uh, that out via injury. So uh, it's sad, but I, d- I still think that Willow Nightingale is going to be a great opponent to go against Tony Storm. Um if you're asking my opinion on the match, do I see uh, Willow winning this? No, I don't. Um, however, I, do, I also don't think that this is going to 
hurt her too much um, to take a loss, even though she's the New Japan Strong Champion. Um, there's definitely going to be a lot of involvement from, uh, uh, what do they call themselves? The I've forgotten. The outcasts, that's it. I was going to call them losers. Um, <laughs> the outcasts. Because it's because they do the L. It's because they do the L, not because I actually think they're losers. But um, yeah, th- I do think that there's going to be a lot of uh, idiocy involved in this match uh, that could probably cause distraction for Willow. Uh, but she's a she's a great baby face um, and she's still building up her momentum within like a, the Western uh, audience. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see this because I actually just think it's going to be two women in a great match. I don't think it's going to be like a match of the decades or a match of the year candidate, um, but I just think it will be a decent match between both women. Uh, Monty, what about you? Who are you going for this one? It's funny that you mentioned stardom and all of that because, you know, both of these women, you know, Tony spent time, a uh, long time in stardom and I'm not sure if Willow's ever really fought officially for stardom. She could have, but I don't quite remember, but I know her style fits stardom perfectly. So it's very, very funny that you mentioned that. Uh, I think, like you said, if they're given a uh, good amount of time with 14 matches, I don't know who we'll see, but if they're given a good time, I think they'll be really, really good. Uh, maybe Soraya or you know, you know, something like that'll probably be the difference. Cause I'm sure, I'm sure Sky Blue is probably going to be in Willow's corner. I guess at least that would easily that would at least make the most sense. But I guess we'll see what happens. I'm definitely going with Tony Storm winning though. She could be, she could be in her corner. But Monty, do we really think that Sky can take on? It, it doesn't matter, right? So yeah, it, I'm she's really... gonna be outnumbered, right? She's gonna be yeah. outnumbered, and that's why yeah. I'm saying Tony is gonna win. I think yeah. what I find interesting about this though. And understand how we've all picked Tony. Gina asked you this, your pick. If it was Mercedes in this matchup, I think I'd be plumping for Monet in this one. Oh, I totally would be going with my girl Monet but, if she was in this match. I don't even think Tony would be here though. Like it would, if everything was perfect, Jamie would be the person. So then it's like, yeah, would it be Hater versus Mercedes? Who the hell are you? Ah, uh, that would have been the, <laughs> the greatest match ever. <laughs> Such a peak match. Because I'm sure that's the original plan. Hater and Mercedes has to be the original plan. Tony Khan, if you do not give us this match somewhere down the line, I will riot. I swear I want to see Jamie versus Mercedes. Yes, that would be a match I would definitely throw my money at that. But no, I've gone with Tony as well uh, to win this one. I I love Willow, and I actually think that in a clean one-on-one match, I actually possibly would have gone for Willow to win, but not with the... I was going to call them the Radicals. <laughs> you can tell they're watching Raw is War too long. The Radicals. The Yeah, with Dean Malenko and Co. getting involved, um, I don't see that and... happening, sadly. <laughs> don't, don't mention. Don't mention the other guy, Radicals. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we move on and we we speak about Jax. You just mentioned it Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, and the most shocking injury I think last year at Forbidden Door was, of course, Adam Cole getting injured in the uh, four way yeah. matchup. And uh, just thinking of, I missed him out. <laughs> yeah, well, the big thank God for that. Otherwise, wouldn't have had a segue into this one, but like I said, the big payoff is a match against Tom Lawyer. So, Monty, who's going to win? Hmm? Oh, come on, man. Adam Cole ain't losing this match. He's not losing it. I don't really got to go that far about the victory. But, man, I think, again, 14 matches. So, if given time, Lawler is going to really show everyone what he can do. He may be a filthy man, but that man can wrestle. Uh, But, yeah, Adam Cole is going to win. I think so. Jaxie? 
Yeah, I've got Adam Cole on this one. Again, um, I know that Tom Lawler is a, a, a great wrestler. I've seen him in the G1. But, uh, you know, I don't I don't see Adam Cole losing this one. No, uh, Gina? Yeah, I've got Adam Cole too. Yeah. I'll start with you with our next one, which will be Orange Cassidy versus Zack Sabre Jr. versus Shibata versus Daniel no, Garcia. No, no, no. Do you and, want and, to be next on this match? No, <laughs> I will. Well, I, the AW title is on the line. So that um, is the only championship on the line. So who you go for? This is really difficult because I'm oohing and on because I, I generally think that OC's time with this belt has come to an end. But they've not also put a lot of backstory into this this upcoming match at Forbidden Door. So it's like, is he actually going to lose it here? And then who too? My guess would be actually Daniel Garcia, just because he he is on AEW regular. If he's going to hold the belt, then it would be more ideal to put it on him. So I'm I'm in an eye as to whether OC is going to retain it again, or Daniel Garcia is going to take it. And if I if I go with my my wants, I would say Daniel Garcia to take it. So what are you saying? So I, th- saying I think I'm going to go. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go DG. Right. We're going to go across to Jaxi. Who are you going to go for? Oh, damn, why have you got to go with me next? Because, because I don't want to copy of Monty. That's... This, okay, this one is really difficult because, again, I think I'm a little bit conflicted. Like, I think I agree with what my sister said. I, um, you know, Garcia's the more obvious choice. He's the only um, non-champion going into this match. However, with the current run Orange Cassidy's been on, uh, are they gonna are they going to have things change hands here um, or are they going to keep the belt on Orange Cassidy and have him continue to keep doing what he's doing thing is okay more, again this is I'm making I'm I'm doing these uh, like live all these choices because I haven't had the time to sort of like think about answers and stuff which is why you're hearing my outer monologue already I think I feel like with Orange Cassidy lately we've seen that he has been banged up a lot um, that he's been he's had quite a few injuries that he has, you know, managed to work through and stuff like that. But I'm wondering whether or not they change belts for a little while now. He's had like a good run with it. Um, and someone as young um, and sort of prominent right now, like Daniel Garcia, probably would be a good obvious choice. So I think I'm going to make a gamble here and also go with Daniel Garcia. But this could be an, a big mistake, but I'm going to go with it. Monty? Yeah, man, uh, I understand that. Orange Cassidy run. Again, he's been on an all-time run, but I'm I, it's just it's, it's really really hard for me to uh, to doubt him at this point. Uh, just I would like to uh, to see something fresh happen. Maybe you can see Zach doing it, but Zach literally in like a ten or like eleven defense run right now for his TV title. I don't think we're stopping that, so he could just you know show up on AEW every now and then maybe and defend the international title. Like you said, the only person that's probably going to be available and able to do what they've been doing with Orange Cassidy would be someone like Garcia. But I just, again, with no build, I really would be opposed to that decision. The only reason you even got for doing this is just because you just want a title to change tonight. And uh, and if that's the case, then, hey, so be it. I'm sticking with Orange Cassidy retaining. It's going to be uh, a shock, most likely, or probably not a shock, but it's going to be probably be some type of crazy finish where, you know, Shabata and Zach end up out of the way. And I think Garcia is probably going to be the one to get pinned. But, hey, 
We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm going with Orange Cassidy retaining. Yeah, no, I'm going to go Orange Cassidy as well. The match I was struggling most was actually the next one, which is Hangman Page, Young Bucks, Eddie Kingston, and Tomohiro Ishii versus Moxie, Claudio, yeah, me too. Utah, Umino, and Takeshita. This is the one I'm going, <clears throat> just, I'm not sure. But, and again, I don't want to sway anybody else's vote, but I'll just say the reason why I've done it. Uh, I'm going to go for the BCC. Just because, as we mentioned on Dynamite, they did lose to the Bucks and Page a couple of weeks ago. And I think Shooter, in this matchup with Takeshita, kind of needs the kind of victorious moment, to be fair. So I am going to go the Hills, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happened the other way. Uh, Jaxie, what about you? Okay, this was the other match that I really have struggled with. And I, again, I think, James, like, you're right. Like, BCC have been on such a, a, you know, run lately. It's been really difficult to actually figure out whether or not, um, uh, like, they're, they're on such a winning streak right now. It's really hard to wonder whether or not they're going to actually lose here or not. Um oh. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take a chance and say that maybe the elite might come out on top with this one, but I feel like this is very fifty fifty with this match. Yeah, yeah, it's one I was struggling with. Gina, what about you? Oh, this is the only one I haven't really given an answer for in my list because it's the most difficult one. I I feel like the BCC need to get the win here, but. My gut is telling me that the elite are going to get the win, so I'm going to go with the elite. And Monty, yeah, uh, honestly, it, it's really one of these things where I just kind of did, like you said, it's really tough. So it's just really one of those things where I was like, who do I think we can afford the loss more? And if you look at everyone on the elite team, I feel like they. Will be like, Hangman is untouchable. He's a former champion. We know what he's done. The Bucks also lose here. Who cares? Even Tomohiro Ishii, he's very, very accomplished. The only thing, only person I would hate to see lose another big time situation is probably Eddie or, or whatever. But uh, you know, I've even flirted with the idea of Eddie turning on the elite because he don't really like them either and helping the club out. I don't know, but he, but he hates Claudio so much. <laughs> That that might not happen too. So it's really, really a tough, tough bet. But I'm going with the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, I think that, like you said, James Shota. I, I really don't. I really don't see Shota Umino losing uh, in this spot. Uh, in uh, same thing with Takeshita. With everything that they're trying to put on Takeshita, it seemed like the smartest decision would be to give them another spotlight, uh, another chance to uh, to win in this situation. But hey, we'll see. Well, this is an interesting thing about it, you know, because like I said, we're not sure what's going to happen. I'm just trying to look and trying to think if uh, what block kind of Eddie Kingston's in, if you know what I mean, to see if there's anything yeah. that could have maybe... Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's uh, fair. You know what I mean? Set up maybe a match between that. I mean, you know, not really. Not, not really anything there. So, yeah, I think I'd be happy with Blackpool yeah. Combat Club. no. Uh, right, up next, it is the IW Heavyweight Championship match, Sonata versus Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. I mean, well, I will ask everybody, but do we really think Sonata will lose here? I'm not sure. Monty, we'll start with you. Yeah, no way. No way in hell. Sonata's on the run of his life. Uh, it's great. I think the reason why Jungle Boy is here uh, is 
because he's a guy who uh, he's a pillar. He's established. Even if he, you know, don't win this, nothing really, nothing was going to be negative in my opinion on him. I don't think this is going to kill him at all. And Sonata needing a world championship opponent. I think this is just a, this be a really, really good match, but I'm definitely going with just five guys leader Sonata. Yeah. Gina, what about you? This is Sonata versus who? <laughs> exactly. Jack. Exactly. Uh, Jack Perry. <laughs> Sorry. I completely, I knew that. And for some reason, I still went blank on who Sonata, Sonata was facing. Yeah, I'm Sonata. I'm going straight for Sonata with this one. Yeah, I think we'll Sonata there. Jaxie? Yeah, you got that right, Sonata. Right, so now, so I'll start with you then, Jaxi, with the next one, the AEW World Championship. MJF versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Why do you hate Tanahashi so much? Listen, right, don't don't twist my words here, James. I it's not I don't hate Tanahashi, okay? Um I think that clearly because if I am quite new to New Japan, I have not seen um Tanahashi's body of work. Um, and I'm not trying to discondone what he's done, but I also do feel like he is a man past his prime and does not know it. Um, he just kind of comes across as this sort of, uh, I I still got it thing, which he, he does. He's definitely got the moves. He's definitely got the, uh, you know, he, he works well with people in the ring still, that sort of thing. Uh, however, I just don't think he's the best. I actually think that there are... A, quite a few other wrestlers that I've seen in New Japan that I think are much more exhilarating than him. That is my own personal opinion. It's not meant to offend anyone. However, I have issue with this match because you challenged John Moxley this time last year for the AEW match and lost. What gives you any right to actually re-challenge for the belt again? Like, nothing. I'm sorry, but I actually would have been more excited at seeing Sonata versus MJF. And I know they wouldn't want to do this because they'd want to protect both of them. So I get it and I understand it. But what I'm saying is the caliber of the match, I would have been more excited at seeing Sonata versus MJF. Tanahashi versus MJF. I'm really sorry, but it's not something that gets me excited. Um, Yeah. So I, I don't see MJF. Well, losing this, that he's no. definitely going to probably use some cheating tactics to sort of protect um, Tanahashi. No um, problem. Well. Um, but I mean, Tanahashi doesn't deserve this title opportunity, in my opinion. So I'm not really looking forward to this match, and I'm kind of mm. glad if it's not that the main event, because if it would be one of those ones that I'd be like, oh, if I'm tired. I'll just watch the main event tomorrow type of thing. You know, like it's not one that actually grips me to my seat and say, no, I have to stay up to be able to watch this. So this to me is kind of a blur pairing. Well, on, I should say on Collision, MJF said that he wants his match to go on first because he didn't want to stay around. And he basically buried Tanahashi, like didn't even kind of give him anything, which I don't like because if you do beat him, you've beaten nothing then and it doesn't add to anything. You know, uh, yeah. But the thing is, I don't really Mon- understand for this pairing. Well, Monty, is there anything you can say to defend Tanahashi's honor? Because I mean, we, it was meant to be Tanahashi Literally. and Punk last year. Was another one that missed the show. Yeah, um, uh, another a dream match. Tanahashi so- is John Cena in New Japan. He's literally the savior of that company. So that would have been a dream match of eras with CM Punk and Tanahashi. That's like that's why that was the initial. 
uh, thing. But you go with Moxley because he was the champion. And, again, I think they had a fantastic match. The thing is about this match with Max is, uh, honestly, and honestly, I really love the fact that the people in Canada show really good, really good respect on Hashi. They love him, and that's all Tanahashi is going to need. As long as he got the crowd there in his hand, watch him and Max put on something special, especially because Max is really good at being a heel. And Tanahashi is the ultimate babyface. He's literally been that his entire career. His comeback is legendary. He's just That's just what he does. He was the man before Okada ever showed up his face. He beat Okada numerous times. You're right, post-2016, you know, maybe even post-2018, because honestly, he's still Intercontinental Champion and stuff back then. So, Tanahashi, he's honestly, you're right, he's nowhere near that guy he was in the mid-2000s up to 2015, 2016, even like, like I said, 2018. But... He is the ace of New Japan pro wrestling, and that, that, that just doesn't go anywhere. And there's one thing about Japan that is different than any other promotion. Their legends and the people who set the table for them mean more than anything. So this is more, not only is it somebody who's untouchable, so his loss will not affect it anyway, unlike a Sonata who's still establishing himself as a world champion. You don't want either guy there to lose, Max or Sonata. So unfortunately, you're going to get something like this. And I get every every point you made, but unfortunately, it it does not reign true to any true New Japan fan because of everything Tanahashi did. He single-handedly saved that company. It was no one else, just him and maybe Shinsuke Nakamura. And, other, and honestly, besides that, really, it was just the ace because the ace was the one on top in all of those, uh, you know, big shows back in the mid-2000s that literally saved New Japan. So... He will. He literally doesn't have to do anything to deserve a title shot, whether you like it or not. He's gonna always be able to just be the ace and be able to be placed in these spots. And I promise you, you may not, you may think that you may not be into this match, but if you give, if they're if they're given time and Matt does what I know he can do, be an awesome heel, attack Tanahashi's knees, do stuff like that, be that scumbag that he is, Tanahashi's gonna play off him perfectly, and you will be surprised at how good this match is. I'm uh, definitely going with Max winning, though. I'm not, not, yeah, not crazy, not, but Tanahashi uh, is a legend okay, and he's deserving I, of any spot they give him. I think Monty has, like, a really good point of, like, you know, kind of listening to my comparison to Monty's. Monty, being a veteran of New Japan, knows the, the amount of respect that Tanahashi should command, you know. Um, it's unfortunate that I haven't actually done enough background work on him to really kind of understand why he is this beloved ace of New, J- New Japan. And I'm not trying to uh, disrespect him in, or, or his work in any way. So I hope that it's not people your don't fault. It's SAEW's fault for not building this matchup, you know, to have a right. right way. Right. Like said, not AEW promoting him that saying. way either. Exactly. I think, yeah, I do think it's come out. It is, it's one of those, again, that you, we had mentioned before about just being thrown in your face, mm-hmm. like sort of a promo here and then it's set. Mm-hmm. That well, doesn't I... really let you to why this is whole happening. For, for those Max that... has been more busy with Adam. Max has been this... more busy with Adam. Like, you don't even yeah. know he's feuding with Tanahashi. Thing... Thing he even cares. <laughs> I, I mean, say... <laughs> he didn't know he was shooting with Tom Lawler, but now he is too. So I, I think it's just been a bit messy with uh, some some of these uh, build ups to some of these matches, which leads you to then not be as excited for the match. But like Monty said, this match could actually be one of the best. We we never know. So uh, it is one of those ones I wouldn't skip it, of course. Um, but it's one of those ones that I'll, I'll probably approach uh, hesitantly to see how things go. 
Well, what's crazy about Tanahashi is that if you look at certain things, in November of 2002, he was stabbed in the back by a Tommy Hara, yes. who was a news reporter. They had dated one another, met in a Tokyo park. Mm-hmm. He tried to break off a relationship as he started dating another woman, which led to stabbing him twice. She later confessed she tried to kill Tanahashi and planned to commit suicide. She, she was charged with attempted murder and sent it to four years on probation. Tanahashi then came back and became the ace of New Japan, even after that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Gina. And still never been married. <laughs> anyway, Gina. But, so, yeah, never been I, I don't blame Single. Uh, who you. Single. <laughs> who are you going for this one, Gina? MJF Tanahashi. Do not go Tanahashi. It will piss off Jack. Wow. <laughs> All of that was just gonna, all of that was just like you know information overload here. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't Legit. have an actual opinion of Tanahashi because I don't know him well enough. I do find that if I watch him in some some New Japan matches, I'm kind of like rooting for the other team. But that's probably because I know the other team members a lot more. But Tanahashi does make me laugh a lot and like I think I saw like a promo of him just struggling even to pronounce MJF's name <laughs> and it's just letters and I think you've got like maybe someone trying to help translate like trying to yeah. explain the letters of MJF like for him it was just hilarious just to, it took him like five tries just to say those three letters <laughs> so that was brilliant um, I have gone so MJF learn it after he wins by the way yeah, that's yeah. nice, nice touch. So you've got exactly. yeah. so Gina, I've got MJF to win, and I think he's going to beat the letters into his head and be like, that's how you say my name! <laughs> All right, so Gina, you got a tough one now, because you're going to tell me who's going to win out of Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. Oh, my God, I hate you. <laughs> I actually hate you. Do you know what? This is really difficult for me to call... I've not I've not followed New Japan weekly enough to to know the momentum that like Will Osprey is at once he's been brought into this. But for me personally, from what I've seen between Kenny and Will, I feel like Will needs to get this win. So I'm going with him, even though it'll break my heart. Jaxie, what about you? Yeah, I've, I've got Will on this one. Um, I'm going with Will to get Retribution and to get his title back. Also, um, I, I've got a really good question. Probably Monty or yourself can answer this more than me, but has Kenny actually defended the belt at all? Because I kind of forgot he was IWGP champion, and I kind of haven't heard of any defenses since he won it. So, like, has he even defended it? Jeff Cobb, wasn't it? He fought Jeff Cobb yeah. on a, like a dynamite or yeah. whatever, I think, one time. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So. Okay, so yeah, I'm yeah. going well on this one. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the thing is, I'll ask you, I'm going for this really selfish way because if Will can win and tie it one each, then they can have the rubber match at Wembley and then I'll be happy. <laughs> then we can, I can watch Will Ospreay and Kenny Maker in person. So I'm going to go, Will, what about you? Uh, honestly, it's just like you said. I was of two minds about this. Like, if they don't, if they're still tired of booking the U.S. title in Japan, then Kenny may retain and with some type of redemption. But honestly, you guys said it. Will X really needs this, and it'll just be really nice and poetic. I know Kenny's second home or whatever is like Japan, or you know, kind of could be his actual home. 
is Japan, and he beat he beat Will Ospreay there. But Ospreay get a chance to return that favor and beat Kenny in Canada. I think that's one part of this. And then also, you mentioned it earlier, James. Kenny has too many enemies right now. There's just too much going on. I'm not saying we'll see Takeshi here. Who knows? We may, we may, we may do. We may not. We may see Don Callis something. May, who knows what's gonna happen? But uh, he just has too much going on. I think Osprey only has one focus right now, and that's getting revenge. That that means Osprey, in my opinion, will retain it. And honestly, we need that belt. I mean, like we're not not that New Japan is lacking for belts, obviously, but. They just like New Japan. That belt, like you said, it, it's just been off the radar. It just it hasn't existed. Like when they booked that belt, when they booked him up that belt, I was really, really hoping that AEW would do more. Even if he's just defending it against AEW guys, and we know Kenny will win it, it would be more. You know, it would have been at least showed us a purpose behind him having that belt, other than oh well, we're gonna get that Will Ospreay rematch at some point. But we got here. I'm happy that we're getting it. I'm not mad at that at all. But I think Osprey is definitely getting his belt back, and it'll find it'll be returned to its proper space in Japan, being defended on their cards going forward. Yeah. Uh, well, we got one more match left to do, but I just want to say, for me, I'm disappointed because there is time of the tag team champions on this card. An FTR versus Bishman match would have been a banger to put here. Right. I I don't know why when they added. Especially against the random hour. stuff we have. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just what? And also, let's not forget, like, the trios tag team champion have just that championship has just kind of been forgotten about as well. Yep. I mean, I yep. really loved to have seen. Don't get me wrong, we've actually had some great matches, singles matches for Buddy and uh, um, Brody, uh, both against Andrade um, on collision, but we've not seen them as a team in God knows how long. Um, I don't know what's going on here, but like these guys are hot, so why are we not using them at Forbidden Door and seeing them in in a trios match? I'm I'm confused. Not even like a five man. I'm really mad they missed the opportunity of House of Torture in in versus. versus I know no one wants (laughs) to see House of Torture because they're just they're assholes and they're just gonna screw the black uh, House of Black. But that would at least be something for them to do. Oh my gosh, imagine seeing both Evil and Malachi Black in the same ring. That would have been so awesome. <laughs> and then having like, um, is it is it Show from House of Torture? Yeah, um, Show. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy, Matthews, oh, that would actually be, uh, or Murphy, sorry. Um, yeah, that would have been, that would have been. Unfortunately, Brody King would have just killed everyone. <laughs> yeah, that is such a missed opportunity right there. Yeah. Right, so the final matchup then is the dream match, and again, dream matches can be used for certain types of matches, but this is definitely a dream match in everybody's eyes. The greatest wrestler in America the past fifteen or twenty years versus the greatest wrestler in Japan for the same amount of time. Brian Danielson, Kazuchika Okada. It doesn't get any bigger or more. And Jaxie, you're going to start us off. Who is going to win this epic event? I mean, seriously, I don't think that you can get more anticipated than this match. It's so exciting. Um, I, I got to go Okada on this one. I, I know that uh, technically we're seeing two heels facing off against each other, but um, I do think that Okada's got all the momentum to take to take this one. Um, it's just going to be an awesome match, either. Either the outcome, Dan, uh, Brian Danielson or Okada, I don't think I'm even going to care if I lose that point. 
um, because this match is just going to be awesome either way. Um, but I am going with Ocado on this one. Yeah, it's it's going to be something that we're not... I can't even imagine, like, Ocado caught in a LaBelle lock. Like, I can't... When we get to that stage later on in the matchup, it's going to be incredible. Uh, Gina, what about you? Yeah, I mean, at this moment in time, brilliant as I think Brian Danielson is, I think he's helping to put people over. And I think Okada is one of the people he would love to put over. So I've gone with Okada for the win. Uh, and Monty, not only the result of this, but is this the biggest match they could give us? Because I can't really think of a match where you think about two wrestlers, as good as they are, facing off. Maybe not <sighs> in their prime, arguably, but... You know, it, I think this is the biggest match possible for Forbidden Door. Yeah, man. It's, it's really, I mean, it's hard to argue that it's not, especially like of a dream variety that we haven't seen before. Like, yeah, Omega, I mean, Omega and Okada, I think anytime anybody decides to just book them to fight against each other again, if they ever decide to ever fight each other again, that's going to always, you know, put eyes on, on it because of just their history. But honestly, you know, Danielson, like you said, all he's done for so long, you know, the, you know, the longevity and just how long he's been known as, a, as one of the best technical and just great wrestlers of the world. Uh, you know, it, it, it really, I don't think this could be a, a bigger match than this, that, at least when I'm looking at the rosters, uh, you know, as presently constructed, at least the way I, I'm thinking about it. You know, and honestly, it, it's just, like you said, it's the definition of a dream uh, match. Uh, Okada, by the way, uh, said he didn't really watch Brian Danielson in WWE much. But he knew of him, of course, uh, as Ring, American Dragon uh, in, in Ring of Honor. And he also, when he really became an even more bigger fan of, uh, of Daniel, of Brian Danielson. Uh, and when he uh, fought Kenny Omega to a time limit draw. So I was thinking, I'm like, did he say that on purpose? Like, well, could we possibly get something <laughs> like that? A time, another time limit draw? But uh, I don't know, especially if it go on last. I doubt that, even though it probably could just be that type of spectacle again, because that was really special. What uh what uh Danielson and Omega did, but I'm going with uh, Okada coming out to Victor. I have Okada's only lost one time I've ever seen abroad, and that was against Jay White, Madison Square Garden. That was a Ring of Honor joint type of event, and uh you know I remember him putting uh over Jay White in that situation. Oh no, I, matter of fact, I don't even think he lost that match. Now that I think about, it, I think he won that match. So I could be completely wrong, and he won it. Yeah, you he just made a bit with Jay White. Full of shit, yeah, man. yeah, I'm no, confused. No, he beat the hell out of Jay White. Yeah, anyway, the point is, he has never lost a broad. <laughs> so that makes my point even better. He has never lost a broad. So again, do you really think, as much as I love Danielson at this stage of his career, do you think Danielson is going to be the one to pin on Kyle when he's never lost outside of Japan? Yeah, I doubt that. But hey. It'll be a fantastic ride getting there. And I'm, I'm damn sure Danielson is going to make us believe he can because that's just how he does it. I'm going with Okada, though. Yeah. I think, you know, like I said, we're all going to card, but I think I'm going to split this card up, you know, because I, I don't want to get to a point where it gets to a card and Danielson, I just can't be bothered because I've watched too much so far. No, so, definitely. Yeah. That's my advice. Please split it up. I'm not doing it either. I, I I have tonight. I got time before the show, and I'm still I'm not watching all of this tonight. I know I'm not. So I agree. <laughs> uh, so like I said, good luck everybody with the predictions, and of course with the forbidden door, which is going to be about five hours long, and that's not with zero out. 
But that is it. I think that is pretty good enough build up. I think we can build it up more than we have built it up. So that is it. Unless, I mean, there's nothing else to be said, is there? I think so. No. Nope. So that is it. Don't, don't forget across all media, Twitter at the Devon Podcast. I'm at the Devon JR. You can find the entire team on the Twitter banner. Monty, where can people find and listen to you? At Martin Monty Pod on Twitter, or you can go to my uh, link in my bio, click the YouTube button, and you will be on my YouTube. Subscribe there, or type in Martin Monty on YouTube. This week, I will be putting out uh, uh, my own version of a Best of a Super Junior update and a kind of a Forbidden Door review. We're going to wrap it all up in one package. That is the goal to have that out this week. I hopefully will be making my return to podcasting. If that changes, you guys will know. But, yeah, it's going to definitely be post-forbidden door. i got to give myself time to watch it and see all of this mess. Uh, again, 14 matches. I, I was very shocked, too, when I saw that. But let's just keep pushing through it, and let's hope it's a fantastic show. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jack C, where can people find you? I'm on both Instagram and Twitter at Jack C's Got It. Perfect. And Gina? You can find me on both at Purple Pain. Double O also on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms. The Double O podcast at gmail.com. YouTube, Double Podcast for all the latest clips. Podcasts at the same time on YouTube. Do SoundCloud on your phone, also Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode will be the Forbidden Door Review. I don't know what day works better, Tuesday or Wednesday. I mean, should we discuss it really live on the pod or wait till afterwards? We'll wait till afterwards. Uh, let me check my schedule wait. and I'll come back to you. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> well, until then, I've been Joe's Rollins and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Thank you for joining me, Jaxie. Hope you enjoyed it. It's been great. Um, just good luck tonight, James. I think we're still at war, so we'll see how we get on. <laughs> <laughs> and the mind of Monty. Monty, thank you so much for getting through getting us through that first hour <laughs> no problem no problem anytime anytime and yeah man can't wait forbidden door season my time of year yeah and of course the genius of gina gina you've got to be feeling more confident now surely i mean a little bit more yeah sure i'll, I'll say yeah <laughs> but either way good luck for tonight gang yeah, I'm going to replay this clip if it goes wrong. All right. <laughs> that will be the clip replay. Screw you, James. Screw you. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. As you can see, I'm well liked with the group, as I am with the public. Uh, and we'll bring a Forbidden Door review soon. Bye. Uh, boom. I'm actually <laughs> They've already come for Alex. Jesus. They said, due to it.